Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Good afternoon, everybody, to the beautiful Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. After a hiatus since 2019, when we haven't been able to bring the IMSA Championship to you at this venue, we're back with all the pomp and circumstance that goes along with this fantastic circuit. Just uh, outside Bormanville in Ontario, just up the coast or just off the coast from Oshawa, where there's a huge General Motors manufacturing plant making the Chevy Silverado, I think, at the moment. We are ready to do battle in a two hour and 40 minute contest for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and the Chevrolet Grand Prix at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Hello, everybody, and welcome along from the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. My name is John Heindorf and joining me in the booth is Jeremy Shaw and we'll hear from Cher Adam down in the pits in a wee while as well. Perfect weather conditions with the temperature in the air at 23 Celsius on the track at 24 if you prefer. That's 73 in the air and 75 on the track. Just on the other side of the lake from where we were seven days ago at Watkins Glen International. Pretty short travel for most of the IMSA WeatherTech teams. Ten corners and two and a half miles or just under. It's not an easy circuit to pass on here because it's so high speed nowadays. Lap record pace being set in qualifying. The uphill braking area into turn five. Moss Corner is pretty bumpy but there's an opportunity maybe to be brave down there. Also into the final corner at turn ten. But how about the commitment through turn eight at the end of the man, uh, the Mario Andretti straight and also over the top of the rise at turn two diving into that dip and then rising up over the top of turn three. Seeing a couple of nasty incidents at turn three already this weekend. Jeremy Shaw, good afternoon. Welcome to you on to the full broadcast with the international TV feed as well. Tom Blomqvist, Ricky Taylor, they battled it out for 15 minutes in qualifying. They were separated by the blink of an eye. Now they get to do it for real from the front row of the race. Mouthwatering. Certainly is, yeah. 0.068 was the margin yesterday in uh, qualifying in favour of uh, Tom Blomqvist. But those two cars have been ridiculously closely matched all the way through the season. And, uh, yeah, the Cadillacs, they were back a bit in qualifying. Uh, half a second back from the pole time was the best of them. That was just a Vautier. But as we heard, uh, I think it was Oliver, Oliver Jarvis say just a few minutes ago to Shea, uh, I would expect the Cadillacs to be much closer in race trim. And uh, uh, they're certainly not giving this one up yet. And Cher just telling me that the pit lane is clear, which mean, by which she means everyone has started and got out of the pit lane. Four classes here, Jeremy. Um, 
nicely symmetrical because we have four classes of six for the 20, 24 starters. And uh, the two GT categories, the cars are identical. It's the makeup of the teams that are different. And that's the first time we've seen GT Daytona and GT Daytona Pro here at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Yeah, it is. Uh, so the first run ever, also here for, for a Corvette C8R. This is a GTD version, of course. The, the, C, the uh, GTLM version wasn't around uh, back in 2019 when we were here. So, yeah, effectively, so it's effectively three classes of car. Uh, one of those classes, however, is two classes of driver, uh, all pro or pro-am. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited about the prospects for this race. Uh, you know, it's, it's not a huge amount of cars, but there's plenty enough to have a tremendous motor race. Yeah, that's a good point. I'd forgotten that the mid-engine C8R has not been here before. And, unfortunately, for the Canadian fans here on site, they didn't see it in its uh, full-fat version. It's been slightly toned down to run with the, the GTDs. But uh, Antonio Garcia was very quick in morning warm-up this morning and making a statement here. Awful lot of GM guests uh, around. Uh, this race at two hours and 40 minutes... Uh, so what's that, 120, 160 minutes. But time enough, Jeremy, for strategy to play into the minds of those on the pit wall as well as those behind the wheel. Yeah, very much so. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the usual conundrum here. You know, how long do you want to go? Uh, do you want to stretch your fuel and, and maybe run a slightly slower pace or do you want to go flat out? Uh, it's uh, the, the same strategy to play as, as for most of these uh, the, the cookie cutter, cutter length, two hours and 40 minutes, which I think is a great length for a, for a race of this caliber. Yeah, and, and the, the, the quality thing about that is what IMSA has done in terms of the sporting regulations because the drive time is 45 minutes. 45 minutes um, minimum drive time is not a full stint, it's, and it's not two stints either. So you do have to think about how you're going to work your drivers and your Michelin tyres and your fuel throughout this two hours and 40 minutes. Indeed so. I mean, a stint for uh, both LMP3 and GTD is over an hour. Uh, they can e easily run a, an hour on fuel uh, and uh, as much as 70 minutes, maybe a little bit more than that if they want to. So uh, it's, it opens up the strategic options for the teams and when they make their pit stops, it you know, could be the determining factor. Our Porsche keys to the race include dealing with traffic. Yes, I know only 20 four cars but it's quick around here and the gt daytona field is 12 let's remember that as jeremy was saying those cars the, the same they'll be clumped together particularly when the pro drivers are in them let's uh, not forget they're going off the track here and hitting the green stuff particularly at places like turn three well that's going to have consequences for you not from race control that could be a trip into the tire barrier Keep away from any penalties. It's a fast front straight here. And drive through in the pit lane will really cost you. Track position is key. We might see one or two little tricky pit lane strategy moves trying to get ahead. If you can't pass on the track, and it is fast here, there's not many heavy braking areas other than into turn five, then maybe, maybe you want to try something get a new set of Michelin tyres on and use the performance advantage to overtake your competitors in the pit lane. We'll be keeping an eye on the drive time. That was a talking point last week in our Porsche keys to the race and working towards Michelin. Countdown to green at the end of this race. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, 
XM207, Sirius XM207, 90.7 FM at the track, and we are green here at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park for the first time since 2019. And already a spinner, and that's right from the front of the GTD field. That's Frankie Montecalvo, I think, who's gone round at turn number one. He's got some damage to the rear corner of that bright yellow and black Lexus. And he was at the front row, Sean Creech Motorsport involved as well, the number 33 of Lance Wilsey. So was that the GTDs catching up with the back of the P3s on the start down to turn one? Might have been. Get some news on that for you at the moment. Tom Blomqvist has jumped out at the head of the field. The good news for Lexus. Oh, well, I was about to say, as Frankie's got going again, but there's severe damage to the right rear suspension. There's still air in the Michelin tyre, but that tyre is not pointing in the right direction. It was oh, very unlucky. Lance Wilsey lost it going into the first corner. Looked like he locked up the back end of the car as he was braking and turning in. He nosed into the wall and bounced out. And basically, it was a game of billiards beyond that. And he's potted the yellow. Uh, the white car potted the yellow. And the yellow was Frankie Montecalvo. Right rear suspension damage. Nothing Frankie could have done to avoid that, Jeremy. Now, ridiculously unfortunate there for... Uh for Frankie Montecalvo, he's done a fantastic job in qualifying. He had some really good pace, qualified a second of all of the GTD cars, including all but one of the pros. And it's all gone wrong in the first lap, and that's going to be a lengthy pit stop because it's not an easy fix on that uh, Lexus. So that's going to take him out of contention. They're looking for their first win of the season. The guaranteed it's unfortunately it's not going to come today at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Hello to Frank, Frank Plasmans. Not sure where you are uh, in the world, Frank. He's tweeted us at uh, IMSA Radio. Where are all the other GTD cars? Doesn't this race count for the championship? Yes, it does, but only for the sprint championship. It's not a round of the full series. Never was planned to be. And obviously, it's not long enough to be part of the Michelin Endurance Cup. So the six cars that are here are all fighting for the sprint version of the GTD if you'd like to ask us a question as Frank just has at IMSA Radio Frank Montecalvo just trying to get back around to the pit lane we've stayed green Sean Creech Motorsport getting very close to the back of the Andretti car which was put to the back of the grid qualified on pole position but had unauthorised suspension part on that car so went to the back of the class and as everyone checked up into turn one the Sean Creech Motorsport car with Lance Wilsey, I think, just got a little bit unsighted and didn't expect Jared Andretti to stop quite as quickly in front of him. Maybe overbraked, just headed oh. gently into the right-hand wall and then bounced across Jeremy. Well, you, you, you're probably not breaking there on the first lap. I mean, you're barely breaking there in any case. Certainly on the rolling site, you wouldn't be breaking at turn one. You'd be flat out through there quite easily, I would think. So, uh, yeah, the number 36 car certainly didn't give any room to Lance Wilsey. Um, and uh, that was just really unfortunate. Lance, he's already competed earlier on today in the Michelin in the uh, the Prototype Challenge race. So he's got plenty of laps already today. Uh, but unfortunately... It's, it's gone wrong for him. I think he finished second in that race with, Park, with uh, Parker Thompson, did a really good run. So that's really unfortunate. And, um, yeah, I'd like to see how much room he actually had there when the number 36 car turned into the corner. Jeremy Shaw with me in the Haggerty Global Broadcast booth. Hello from me, John Hindorf, 
uh, and Shea Adam down in the pit lane was watching those two pit stops and uh, better for one car than the other Shea Adam. Yeah, the number 12 Lexus went straight behind the wall. The crew guys actually grabbing an extra set of tires. It is broken right rear suspension on the car as well as some cosmetics with the bodywork flapping around. Sean Creech Motorsport in the number 33. Lance Wilsey did make it into the pit lane. They pulled the nose off, looked at the suspension, deemed it okay. Now they're putting a new nose on the car, but there is a bit of work to do to try and secure it down. He's already lost two laps by my count. This should be the third lap that he's losing. He will not get back out ahead of the P3 field this time around, but he is almost ready to be sent back out. But guys, keep an eye on the time spent in the pit lane and subtract that from the drive time when he does come in, when the pit lane window opens, because his 45 minutes will be longer than everyone else's 45 minutes, since drive time doesn't Point. count when you're in the pits. In the race. There's the V8 engine firing up as the Sean Creek Sport number 33 car gets back out uh, on to the circuit. 45 minutes minimum drive time. It was an issue at Watkins Glen with a recalculated drive time on percentage of the race lost, which left uh, a whole host of teams unable to make the drive time for one of their drivers. Basically, quite a lot of the teams who had three drivers didn't have enough time to get their drivers in in what was the end of the race when the race resumed. It's 45 minutes here, but that's 45 minutes on track. That's from the exit of pit lane to the entrance of pit lane. Anything that you count in pit lane does not count, so that time for Lance Wilsey will not count against his drive time. That's the point the chair was making there. At the front of the field, Tom Blomqvist with a 105.987. And that's the problem, Jeremy. If you have to go in for an issue here, one of our Porsche keys to the race, don't have penalties, don't have problems, because at 65 seconds, and even for the other classes, what, 75 for the P3s, about 77, 78 for the GTs. Those laps go by really quickly if you're trying to fi fix a problem on pit lane or behind the wall. Yeah, very much so. And th that lap, by the way, was a new lap record, as it was on the previous lap. Lap four, you turned a 1 minute 6.001. The old lap record was set by Oliver Jarvis back in 2019 in the Mazda at, at a 109.06.09. So new lap records already for race feeders in this race and another one of our Porsche keys to the race was traffic and the leader is already carving his way through the GT Daytona field up in fact behind the number 25 BMW uh, just goes past uh, John Edwards there uh, Aidan Reid for Rick Ware Racing has just put the fastest GT Daytona time in at 117.592 and that's a pretty stout effort from Aiden in that Ask Acura NSX GT. But Blomqvist by 1.1 seconds as he hits the traffic, Jeremy. Yeah, tremendous uh, flying start there for Tom Blomqvist. He's just checked out 2.3 seconds already inside six laps. The margin over Ricky Taylor, who in turn is 3.7 seconds ahead of Tristan Vautier, who is uh, struggling, I think, to hold off Alex Lid at this stage. So... Uh, the, uh, the the best lap of the uh, of the Cadillacs last time around was Sebastian Bourdais. He did get past Olivier Pla at the start, but uh, even he is not on the tail of his uh, teammate yet. That's Alex Lidl. The problem here for the number 25 BMW. Goodness gracious. 
Yeah, damage to that car on the right-hand side, I think. Uh, I'd wondered why that... Ah, it lost a wheel. It's lost a wheel and Michelin tyre. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Because that wasn't the first lap. Those would have been put on in the pit lane, then the formation, formation lap, and then we've had at least a couple of laps for that car. Uh, we've had six laps, and full course caution comes out for that slow-moving BMW and potentially a wheel on the track. It's the right rear, I think, Jeremy, of the number 25 car. They can't buy any look at the moment. Even when they're quick, they're not getting the results that they were hoping. It was coming down through the first part of the Moss hairpin at 5A, and the wheel uh, parted company on the right-hand side from the right rear. I suspect that John must have realised that was happening because he'd slowed right down as the lead pack of DPIs were coming through. Yeah, he had, uh, thankfully for him, but uh, it's another replay from a completely different angle. And golly, that, that team just cannot catch a break, can they? Uh, just ridiculous uh, number of things going wrong, it would, it would appear for that team. They were one of the uh, crews that was caught out uh, last week at Watkins Glen. They've won the race on the road and they get put to the back. Uh, because uh, one of the drivers hadn't met that minimum drive time requirement. That was one of the uh, the issues of running with th three drivers as opposed to two, which is a choice for GTD Pro, but not a choice for GTD. GTD had to run three drivers last week. Uh, the uh, GTD Pro could run two or three. Uh, so uh, it, co it caught them out there. Um, and uh, this, this weekend... It's gone wrong again for them. Behind the wall then for Frank Monte Calvo, and they're still working on that car. The Vassa Sullivan team have had a busy weekend, had to rebuild the 14 car and into the pit lane for the RLL Team M BMW. Shea Adam is there. Uh, the bad news is that they put a new wheel on, they tried to tighten the nut, and it wouldn't tighten fully. Now, the good news is that the studs are still there, and the bits that are supposed to grip the wheel on this lug nut, this center locking nut, it, they are still there, but the wheel will not secure itself to this right rear area. So this is a bigger issue for BMW and this BMW M Team RLL. Just the one of the new BMW uh, M3 GT, uh, M4 GT3s here as the rest of the team from M Team RLL are out in Italy building their new GTP cars at Dallara. Stunning looking piece of equipment that we'll see in IMSA competition next year. They'll be debuting in competition at the Raw. expect we'll see some video and some pictures uh, before that in what will be a brand new class at the sharp end of the field of the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And also next year, we'll have a new championship as well, the VP Racing Fuel Sports Car Championship. And that's going to have the LMP3 cars, and that will take the place of the Prototype Challenge, but we'll have the addition of GT4 cars. Uh, as well, what's called GTS in Michelin Pilot Challenge. But this is a, a separate series from Pilot Challenge. There are 45-minute sprint races. Well, there'll be two sprint races at each of five venues next year, scheduled to be announced on August the 5th at Road America by John Doonan, president of IMSA in the State of the Sport Address. So it'll be LMP3s and GS, what's going to be called GSX, because it's a sprint type of format. One driver only, 45 minutes, straight through, 
uh, but two different categories on the track. Being asked for for uh, by the LMP3 teams who currently run in the prototype challenge. Some so. of them, anyway. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But uh, the, the, there's pros this... and cons, I think, to that. And, uh, I, I've spoken to some people already who, who like it and others who don't. Um, you know, some question, you know, where are the young drivers going to get an opportunity? Because right now, with the long distance races, a youngster can share with uh, with somebody who has the money to do it uh, and give them an opportunity to get used to, to long distance races. So, you know, that's been taken away. But but on the other hand, you know, they're, they're just uh, single single driver races, as you say. So pros and cons, uh, but uh, an interesting step, I think, that IMSA has I, taken. I, I uh, We don't know what else is going on in, in reshuffling, but I, I, I presume that the P3s will still be eligible as a class for IMSA WeatherTech Championship and therefore the longer races you know, will still be available to them. I, I, I don't know, but I would assume that would be the point. I would certainly uh, concur with you on that one, absolutely. Big effort by Michelin providing all of the tyres this weekend for the IMSA Championships here at... CTMP and down at the pit lane. Shea Adam has an update on Sean Creech Motorsport. It did go out, Shea, but it's come back in again. It went out. It came back after serving a drive through penalty for 12 clicks over the speed limit on the pit lane. And then it came back in again. It is broken left rear suspension that Lance Wilsey detected out on the track. They've gone behind the wall to try and fix that if they can. And just a quick update on the 25 BMW. The wheel nut did eventually cinch down. They changed both rear Michelins to stickers and sent John back on his way. John Edwards then has got back out. And let me see, did he stay on the lead lap? Where is he at the moment? I don't think he did. No, he didn't. He lost a lap. Just, Correct. But, but, but just, just the one lap. Correct. Sits down in 22nd position with Lance Wilsey and Frankie Montecalvo for respectively Sean Creech Motorsport number 33 LMP2. That's one of the leash years. Uh, and Frankie's in the Vassar Sullivan number 12. That was the Paul Sitting car in GT Daytona. Those two cars behind the wall after that lap one, turn one incident that caused them both rear suspension damage. Yeah. So we've had the prototypes coming to the front of the field. There was no pass around. There was no opening of the pit lane for general service. So just for emergency service, because we were so close to the start of the race, safety car lights appear to be out. So with two hours and 25 minutes to go, looks like we'll be going back green at the start-finish line. And indeed we are. Tom Blomqvist has to get his foot down again, which he does rather well. And down through turn one, he's got two or three cars lengths on Ricky Taylor for the Cunning of Minolta Black and Blue Car in second. Then it's the first of Cadillacs, Tristan Fortier for... JDC Miller Motorsports, great qualifying for the number five car. Alex Lynn for the 0-2, first of the Chip Ganassi run cars. That's the white car with the, sorry, that's the uh, black front with the dark red rear. Then it's his teammate, the 0-1, Sebastian Borde. That's the white car with the black. And then it's the red and white number 31 wheel and engineering car, Ollie Clark behind the wheel of that. Actually, top six in the first class, and as you might imagine, they have pulled away side by side for oh, seconds. No. A problem, problem for the second place car, and that's a puncture. 
the tyre has come apart for Ricky Taylor. Massive championship implications here for Cottingham and Alter. This is going to be another yellow flag. It's right in the middle of the track on the Andretti straight. Well, it's been moved over a little bit. Pits are closed and we're back to full course yellow. And that looks to be another right rear problem. Yes, it is, as Taylor comes in. So it's not going to be such a big issue because he will get back. This will be full course yellow and... The 10 car comes into the pit lane. Is there any other damage on the right-hand side? I can't tell you because it's on the other side of the track from what we can see. But Shea Adam is waiting on the inside pit wall for the Cunningham Alton number 10. I got eyes for you, John, as he goes on the brakes very early, but slowing down not as much as he would have. It is on the rim, and oof, the smell is not pleasant. Not much Michelin rubber left on that tire. They are changing just the right rear because, of course, the pits were closed when he came in. Emergency service can only be done that needs to be done. Damage to the right rear, minimal. There is a tiny, tiny bit of carbon missing from behind the right rear brake light. That's it. They got lucky. The whole of the outside of the tyre uh, came off. Now, what we don't know is what caused that. There was a big lock-up the lap before into turn five. So that may have caused a flat spot on that tyre. Oh, it was a very big lock-up. But was that the cause or the effect? Not sure of that. But certainly somebody hit the tyre carcass as they came through the... Safety truck already there on the Mario Andretti straight, and that will get picked up. So one of the favourites, Jeremy, now at the back of the GS field. Presume are ah, the pits have opened for prototype now, so this is going to be a full, full course yellow, if that makes sense. Yeah, it is, and uh, it, this is going to be interesting to see who comes in and who doesn't. I would imagine they'll probably all come in right now, but. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we've had any other tyre failures this weekend, at least none that I'm aware of. So uh, whether it was a, a result of that lock-up or cause or effect, as you suggest there, is hard to say at this stage because uh, he he, uh, he hadn't been running the same sort of pace that Tom Grumkus had been running, certainly. His best lap, however, was a, was a 1 minute uh, uh, 6.8, which was, uh, well, actually better part of a second slower than uh, Tom Bunkus in the early stage. No, excuse me, that's Christian Vautier. Uh, Ricky Taylor's best was a uh, 106.1, which is only a couple of tenths lower than, uh, than our race leader, Tom Bunkus. He is coming on to pit lane. Tristan Vautier, however, I think he elects to stay out. Cadillac, but all the other cars down the pit lane are doing Thiel and four tires. The zero one. Fuel and four tires. The 31, that's the Wayland Engineering Cadillac fuel and tires for them as well. Ricky Taylor is just now coming in. It was actually a brilliant stop by the uh, Acura for Meyer Shank Racing. They did a really good job, but I think someone yeah. might have run the red light, John. Is that right? No, uh, it was the uh, 02 Cadillac beat that Acura out and then had to pause for the red light. That was a brilliant turnaround from the 02 team. And they've got Alex Lynn out ahead of Tom Blomqvist, who was leading. Now, I didn't see a stumble at the number 60, so we talked about this, Jeremy, uh, in the uh, Porsche Keys to the Race and our Michelin Countdown to Green about track position. 
it might might have been that they just did a splash of fuel for the number two. In fact, I'm hearing that is exactly what happened from Shea Adam. So the number zero two Cadillac only fuel where it was fuel and tyres for the 60, and that cost them a, a little bit of track position. That's a very interesting call this early on. Yeah, it is. And again, you talked about it earlier on, John Hanoff, the uh, track position here, you know, it is critical because it is difficult to pass around here uh, and probably more difficult than at Watkins Glen International one week ago. So that could be a very crucial call by that team to uh, come in and make a, a much faster stop and get out ahead of the number 60 car. Well, this time around we'll open the pits for the GTD Pro and GTD Daytona cars. And it's Mathieu Jaminet for FAF Motorsport. That'll be the other half of the field. So 12 prototypes uh, of which... Uh, what have we had? We had all bar one of the DPIs in. But quite a lot of the D LMP3s stayed out. Riley Motorsports 74, the 30 Junior 3 Racing, Andretti Autosport 36... And John Bennett in the 54 court autosport, they all stayed out. And did the AWA, number 13 of Ori yeah, Fidani. They all stayed out, John. None, none of them came into the pits, yeah. So let's go down into the pit lane for the GTDs. And it looks like, just waiting for John Edwards, I presume no, he'll, he'll stay, stay out because he'll want to get his lap back. And he has. Shea Adam, you've got 10 of the 12 in the pit lane with you. I love opportunities like this. All right, we've got left side tires for the fat Porsche, left side tires for the 14 Lexus, left side tires for the three Corvette, waiting on fuel for that fuel only for Alex Ramirez, who gets moving first and will be the first of our GTD Pro cars moving. Oh, no, he was beaten out by the fat Porsche. It was left side tires for Paul Miller Racing. It looks like they're having trouble on the 14 Lexus, getting that left rear secured. Now that car goes back out and runs away. We've still got Robbie Foley and Aiden Reed. Those are the last two cars off the lane, and it was fuel and tires for both of them as well. Hearing from Alan Prosser, the brilliantly named uh, Lanzarote Camel uh, on Twitter. He's our king of the screen grabs uh, on at IMSA Radio that it was the left rear wheel gun for the number 60 that cost them just a smidge of a delay. And of the GTDs that got out there, it was Faf from, I think that's the Aston Martin that's gone through out into second uh, behind the Faf, uh, behind the Faf Porsche, uh, and they beat out the Corvette, Jeremy. So again, a bit of a turnaround on pit lane, and a, a, again, a difference in strategy. Two tyres for Faf, but they got out ahead. They were further down the pit lane. Fuel only for some of the cars that are behind them. Yeah, no nine car came in the lead, so has managed to retain that. Uh, the big jumper there would appear to be Ben Barnicot, who I think has uh, rejoined in second position, has he? Or was that just uh, according to where they, uh, they pitted out on the racetrack? There's the number 25 car getting its wave around. That was between the safety car and the race leader after the pit stops uh, had been made. So uh, that can now uh, re regain the lead lap and pull around to the tail of the field. So an action-packed uh, first 20-odd minutes, 23 minutes have gone by. Still 2017 to go. We've done the final wave-by. I think it was only the 25 that was... Correct. Uh, ...assessed to be able to do that. 
Although, in Correct. fairness, race control don't read out numbers. It's not like you see in some of the series where there's a, a, a group of numbers put on the timing screen. It is announced by race control. Those uh, who can take the wave by take it now on such and such a part of the circuit. Now, what they say now is the DPI class bit, so all the DPIs go back to the front of the field. And it's up to you to make sure that if you take it, you were eligible for it. Because I'll tell you now, if you make a mistake or if your team makes a mistake, then it is a punitive, punitive stop and hold. Now, this is an interesting one. Shea Adam, uh, you've got someone right off the end of the queue in the pit lane with you, and it's a significant car. And it's Ricky Taylor in, well, he's staying in. Philippe Albuquerque has now taken over that car. That was not an expected driver change because Philippe was slow coming over the wall. But in order to fulfill the emergency service requirement that they need to do because they came in when the pits were closed, they have to drive through the pit lane. They should have just driven through that time, not stopped in their box. That is not fulfilling emergency service. So will they have to come through again, do you think, Shit? I think so, but I'm going to double chat with the lead pick official, Johnny Knotts, and get an answer. Copy it's that, not like Wayne Taylor Racing to make mistakes like that, John. Well, indeed so. They will find out whether they've fulfilled emergency service. Remember, they had to change one tyre, the right rear. The pits were closed when they came in, but sensibly, I think, this was a rule added quite a few years ago now, and one or two other series have picked up on it. No point in going around if you're going to run out of fuel or you're shedding bodywork or bits of tyre, so you're allowed to come into a closed pit and do the thing that needs to be done for safety's reasons, but then you have to come back in again. But I thought you had to do that during green, but we'll see. And that's what Shea was alluding to there. But they have basically come in when the pits were open for everyone else and they have changed Ricky Taylor to Philippe Albuquerque. Now, um, in the DPI category, Jeremy, um, it, well, let's, let's go to Shea first of all, Shea. As long as you make another trip down the pit lane when the pits are open for everyone, that is considered fulfilling emergency service. So Wayne Taylor is good and now Philippe is in until the end, we think. Green flag. Will have done their drive time for that car being the pro class. What I did notice was Albuquerque pass, passing cars as we're coming back to the green. Now the GS, uh, the uh, DPI split was was happening when he came into the pit lane. I'm not sure they're going to get away with that with him passing cars on the back straight and into turn eight as we were coming to the green, and that might yet trip them up. Ah, car. Car 25 has been given a penalty for not fulfilling emergency service. A stop at 10. That is John Edwards, the BMW team uh, RLL car. Remember, they stayed out to get their lap back and then didn't come in when the pits reopened for everybody at the end. So they will have to come and stop for the uh, previous yellow that was for them. So stop and a 10 second hold. Keep an eye Ouch. on the. Yes, literally no look at all for them this season in that number 25. Goal. Yeah, but yeah, but they, they know the rules. So, you know, it's not, that's not luck, that one, I'm afraid. I'm waiting to see what happens with Albuquerque charging past people as we're coming back to yellow after the DPI split had happened. I'm not sure he's eligible to do that if he elects to come into the pit lane and then has to charge back half a lap to try and get back onto the uh, DBIs. But let's uh, let's see 
what happens there. He uh, is still card. Still uh, scored a sixth in DPI, so he must have got through a lot of cars before we went back to green. Meantime, in GTD Pro, Faf Motorsport, the Canadian car with the plaid colours, the driveway Motul car still leading, and it was the Alex Riberas part of racing Aston behind that I saw leave the pit lane in second place and then it's Jordan Taylor for Corvette behind then is the top three in GTD, GTD Tona part of racing after a double victory last weekend in lead position there ahead of the number one Stars and Stripes, Paul Miller, BMW Madison Snow behind the wheel there Russell Ward in the silver and black Winwood racing, cracking stuff at the front of both GTD Pro and GTD yeah, exactly as we expect. Charging back through yeah. as well. Uh, it looks like we've got the number 14, Ben Barnicott. Vassar Sullivan car coming to make up some positions as well. That yellow and black car coming onto the front straight now. Just passed a couple of vehicles uh, and now is sitting in behind the number one of, uh, of Madison Snow. So Barnicott coming back through the GTD field. Jeremy. Yeah, and uh, the, uh, the round of pit stops, there was really no change amongst the order at the front in GTD because they came in the order 923-327 and they left in that order as well. The loser, in fact, was the number 14 car, which lost a whole bunch of positions, and now uh, Ben Brownican is trying to regain that. So still two hours and ten minutes to go. And the WeatherTech... Cooper McNeil driven uh, Mercedes AMG GT4 holding on to its position at the moment ahead of Robbie Foley. They're not in the same classes, but there's GTD on it to be held. Great run from Aiden Reid and Ringware Racing, dragging up behind the yellow and blue of Robbie Foley, trying to go around the outside as they come to turn number eight. That was a brave manoeuvre and Aidan Reid staying there and get the inside line for the next corner because it's a left-hander and there's almost a touch there as they come into the final right-hander. Aidan tried to turn down on Robbie but didn't. Smart driving from both. Great racing from those two, Jeremy and GT Daytona. Yeah, it certainly is. And uh, you know, it's, it's, as we expected, it's close in GTD. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the top three are uh, you know, still pretty closely matched there. The top three pro cars, Jamelin, Riberest and... Uh, Wayne, uh, Jordan Taylor and then Roman DeAngelis leads GTD regular by uh, a, a massive 1.4 seconds actually on that lap uh, as they already uh, go past some of the GTD cars here now. Okay, that's number 25 car that did serve its penalty, so uh, I think it's uh, back to being a lap down, isn't it? Uh, it probably will be. Let me look at this and see where they come out on the circuit John yeah, Edwards not. no I don't think so not quite maybe they might just be on the end they're two laps down to the overall leader but um, I think they are still just on the lead lap in GTD Pro I'll, I'll tell you in a sec yes would be my answer to that it's just been passed yeah. by the leading DPIs correct uh, both of the cars involved in that lap one, turn one incident have come out from behind the wall. So Lance Wilsley for the Sean Creech Motorsport. 
Number 33, Ligier, is back out. And Frank Monte Calvo has just uh, re-entered the racetrack. They've dropped a long, long way back. This is just about getting some points for whatever position they get. And if anyone else has any ills today, the number 12 is a went past Shea Adam. She said to me, it looks like a shark has taken a bite out of the back of that car. So that number 12 back out on the track. That was the car that captured pole position. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we're on 90.7 Canadian Tire Motorsport Park FM, Sirius XM 207, and around the world. IMSAradio.com is how you get in touch with us uh, or listen in to us uh, for your friends away from the track. Uh, no blocks or breaks on the audio. IMSAradio.com. Hit listen live, and if you're Outside of a territory that has network TV, our live World Feed TV is also available on imsaradio.com. Hit the live video button on the top left of the homepage. Shit, Adam down in the pits, John Heinoff and Jeremy Shaw in the Hackney Global Broadcast Centre enjoying a cracking battle at the sharp end of the field as Tristan Fortier leads for JDC Miller Motorsports ahead of Alex Lynn in second for Cadillac Racing. The dark grey and gold number five crests the hill at turn five. At, uh, at turn two, excuse me. The number five car and the zero two behind it. And here comes Tom Blomqvist. I'm sure stunned by the fact that he lost a couple of positions in that pit stop cycle, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, he, would, he would be. Uh, and... Uh... Yeah, he'd be not expected to be holed up behind these two Cadillacs. He's definitely faster than him. Can he find a way past last lap time for the uh, for the race leader before he came into traffic was uh, around about one minute seven flat six eight nine was the best that Tristan Vautier did in that little green flag run before they caught the traffic. Whereas Blancos had been running about a second faster than that before the earlier interruption. Hello to Laura, who says, love to have IMSA racing back in Canada. Canadian Time Motorsport Park, great circuit. And hello to Christina Nielsen as well, who's uh, watching with interest in that uh, GTD battle, getting in amongst the LMP3s as well. Hello, Christina, hope you're fitting well. Say hi to your dad for us as well. About time we saw you uh, back in our paddocks in IMSA or one of the other series that we follow you are much missed champion race car driver of course Christina Nielsen tuned in to us on the world feed two hours and six minutes still to go 48 from Alex Lynn JDC from Cadillac Racing 0-2 that is the Chip Ganassi run car there's about a second 1.2 seconds between them a little bit less between second and third and Tom Blomqvist is within half a second as they go down the Mario Andretti straight which is not actually dead straight there's a couple of little turns little kinks in it but they're flat out so the drivers think of it as a kink coming up to John Bennett in the core autosport car as that battle comes through the final corner and down the front straight that's the number 54 car core autosports fourth place LMP3 and that was to the advantage of Alex Lynn Jeremy who got the better of that little exchange through traffic yeah, it did. Uh, and uh, meanwhile, Olivier Pla managed to get past Sebastian Bourdais wow. uh, around about that restart. So uh, that's certainly not good news for Sebastian Bourdais, who continues to run fifth. He's just ahead of Philip Albuquerque, 
Uh, but as they work their way through the traffic, yes, it's really interesting, isn't it, this race, how it's developing already. Tristan Vautier, uh, he did a good bit of defensive driving at the, at the restart there. He's managed to keep Alex Lynn behind him. And we'll see how long he can manage to do that. It's uh, you know, If you want to make things difficult for somebody behind you, this is the sort of track on which it is possible because, uh, the, as you said before, there's not many proper straights here at Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Yeah, you're spot on there, Jeremy. Let's take a VP Racing Fuels in-race update. We've talked about the DPI's LMP2. is Riley Motorsport and Gar Robinson has just reset the fastest lap. And now Jarrett Andretti, who, remember, had to start at the back of that six-car field, is up into second place, and he has the fastest lap in LMP3. The number 36, the black, white and green car, Ari Baylog for Junior 3 Racing is third at number 30. Then John Bennett in that number 54. And Ori Fadani for the yellow and black at number 13. AWA is in fifth. In GTD Pro, your top three are Porsche, Aston Martin and Chevrolet Corvette with Matthew Jaminé in the number nine plaid Porsche for Faf. Just about a second ahead of the heart of racing dark grey car of Alex Riberas, the 23 Aston Martin, and then the bright yellow Corvette number three in GTD, Roman De Angelis, Canadian for the heart of racing team. He runs in first position, but only just by about a second from Madison Stone. It's Russell Ward in the 57 Winwood racing car. That's the Mercedes. So plenty of variety in those top positions. You take the GT3 as a complete class, it's Porsche, Aston Martin Corvette, Aston Martin BMW, Lexus, Mercedes Acura so in the what top 6 or 7 there are 6 different manufacturers in there pretty good stuff and the kind of variety that we expect, now a moment or two ago, Jarrett Andretti getting squeezed uh, between the car that he was trying to pass for the lead in class and that was Oli Pla going up the inside amazingly enough, three prototypes can get through turn 10 all <laughs> at the same time I'd have put money and bet against that one Jeremy. Yeah, you'd have lost wouldn't you that was remarkable, a great pass there by uh, Jared Andretti, really opportunity to manoeuvre of course he started at the back having set the fastest time yesterday qualifying uh, by, uh, by not very much uh, but uh, had to go to the back of the group with an unapproved part in the suspension on that car. I'm not quite sure exactly what that was. I haven't had a chance to find out that out. But he certainly made uh, short order of more, moving his way back through the field, so back into the lead then for Andretti Autosport, and that's car number 36. That's a good uh, run back from them. And again, uh, no suggestion that there was uh, any attempt to game the system there. Possibly just something that wasn't homologated from the LMP3 parts category. And that is what post-race tech and post-qualifying tech is all about. Just coming down to the two-hour mark, 45-minute drive time for the classes that matter. So anyone who hasn't had a pit stop yet in LMP3, which is... Um, pretty much everybody apart from Lance Wilsley who's been behind the wall for quite a while in that uh, Sean Creech motorsport machine he's got 14 uh, laps that he hasn't been out on the track so that's what round about 20 minutes or, or thereabouts 18, 19 minutes that uh, he hasn't been out on the track of the 39 minutes and 15 seconds 
that we've been green since the original green. But uh, anyone else? It's got about five minutes to go before they can change their driver legally and have them have their minimum drive time. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, busy weekend of sport. Thank you to those of you who tuned in for the Intimate 2 Mazda MX-5. Two cracking races from down at Road America this weekend. If you haven't seen that, check out the Mazda MX-5 YouTube channel, YouTube channel or the MX-5 Cup Championship page on the World Wide Web. Stonking races around that four mile, and we've still got to go there ourselves later on. August, first weekend in August, Rhoda Maringa. And between uh, now and then, uh, we've got uh, Lime Rock as well, of course. The longest and the shortest races on racetracks on our calendar. And all covered here on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Under the two-hour mark to go, Tristan Fortier now by half a second from Alex Lynn. And Jeremy Shaw, you were spot on. Tom Blomqvist is there, but he has not been able to make any meaningful dive or challenge on either of those Cadillacs yet. He hasn't, has he? He certainly hasn't got, got close to him. He has the pace in that car, but uh, he doesn't have the what it takes to get past at least at this stage long long way to go of course as you say two hours still remaining in this race and uh, at least two more pit stops for the uh, contenders up front so you know there's uh, there's plenty of time for something to happen here but it's clearly not easy to make a, an overtake uh, amongst the dpi class even when you're so much quicker than everybody else like tom blomquist jared andretti now in the lead of lmp3 after that manoeuvre at the final corner, resets the fastest lap in LMP3 and won 14.423 last time around. And all of a sudden, that number 36 car, Jeremy, has pulled out a second lead on the rest of the field. It's been a really good drive in this first stanza for Jarrett Andretti and Andretti Motorsports. I know there's only six cars there, but it's been fraught, it's been difficult, there's been plenty going on around him, and he's picked his way through to the front of the class and is now driving away. Yeah, he's done well, hasn't he? And, uh, you know, Gar Robinson doing his best to hang on in there. But uh, at the moment, uh, Jared Andretti has set the fastest lap in that class uh, and uh, is edging away, as you say, from Gar Robinson in second place. Ari Baylock doing a nice job, too, in third. Hanging in. He's about seven seconds behind that leading pair. So only one driver change, and that was... In the number 10, Philippe Albuquerque taking over from his teammate Ricky Taylor. And I'm right in saying that the DPIs don't effectively don't have a drive time, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, it's minimal. It's, it's... I think it's 10 minutes, isn't it? Yeah, Shea's just said yeah. that in my ear. So yeah. effectively, they were outside of that. So basically, they've just got that done and out of the way. They, had, they reckon they had nothing to lose because they knew they were going to get back on the end of the uh, end of the line there and they're only five seconds away from the race lead at the moment so smart work from Conington Minolta Hangera and Wayne Taylor Racing Team. Indeed so and uh, Olivier Plather hanging with uh, Tom Blomquist now uh, the second third and fourth place cars pretty close together on the racetrack as they as again they just work their way through most of the uh, GTD field all of the GTD field now, so they're, they're going to be clear for a few laps here. But uh, 
Olivier Pla, Olivier Pla in that number 31 car is, is hanging on to the tail of Tom Blomquist. Jeremy, I think we'll be having uh, pit stops at the front of the field shortly. Tristan Forty has been out there for 22 laps. Of course, we have had some safety car uh, in that coming round to, what, 44, 45 minutes, uh, which is about where we expect. This is a lot of full throttle around this place. I would think 45 minutes um, without any yellow would be about as much as we see. Looks like they're going through this time around, though, for another one. Yeah, I think uh, running absolutely flat out, maybe 40 minutes, and uh, running on some fuel save, maybe 47 minutes. So I, I would expect stint lengths somewhere between 36 and 40 laps for the for the prototypes. So they, they've already been in. They came in on lap 12, so uh, it's going to be a while yet before we see anybody onto the pit lane. Scheduled. Yes, indeed so. Just a, a reminder that that number five had, had is the uh, the only one of the DPIs that did not come down the pit lane some ten laps ago for that uh, splash of fuel. Everybody else did twelve laps or eleven laps at the start of the uh, at the start of the race. The slight outlier is the Cunningham on the Acura because of that additional couple of stops down the pit lane or additional couple of runs down the pit lane one for the emergency service for the fuel then they had to come back in again when they changed to Philippe Albuquerque so Philippe's actually only been out there nine laps whereas as I say Tristan Fortier uh, now on his 24th lap everyone else on their 11th a big chunk of yellow uh, right uh, in the middle of that uh, which was eight eight laps or uh, if you prefer in time uh, that was some 16 minutes or thereabouts uh, of yellow so let's keep an eye on what uh, that does to the strategy for JDC Miller Motorsports at IMSA Radio if you want to get in touch with us thank you for those of you who are tuned in around the world 90.7 FM here at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park Sirius XM 2077 tends to be our standard channel for all of our WeatherTech broadcasts, all of the races live flag to flag on Sirius F XM. Here come the LMPs and it's the leaders and Gar Robinson comes back into the pits first, just having nipped back past, uh, past our, uh, Jared Andretti. Sheer Adam is watching the pit stops. Neil Tires and driver change for both the 74 and the 36. So both of the cars that came in from the lead for Riley, it is Scott Andrews taking over. For Andretti, it is an Andretti out, and it is Gabby Chavez taking over the number 30, which came into the last race as the points leader. Well, Junior 3 is still well and truly in it. Ari Baylog is out, and that is Garrett Chris, Canadian hero, who has climbed aboard. 54 is currently the leader as far as the championship is concerned. That is Core Autosport. John Bennett out, and Colin Brown in. And they won this race overall a few years ago. All right, we got cars rolling off once again. Scott Andrews first to get rolling. Gabby Chavez hot on his heels. And then the next one to go should be that third. Of Junior 3, Garrett Grish should be out on the track, but everybody take a half step back from the fences because Colin Brown is about to go out on the circuit. Yeah, stand by for some lap records. It was Scott Andrews who hit the pit out marker first of all for Riley Motorsport, then Gabby Chavez waiting to see who comes out next. Uh, it will be 
Ooh, still waiting. The timing hasn't updated yet. In and also in Shea, you've got 79 WeatherTech uh, number uh, 79 WeatherTech AMG in the pit lane. Yep, Daniel Yucadella taking over for Cooper McNeil. Four new Michelin tires going on this car as well. And the other car of significance on the pit lane, AWA and their number 13 Duquesne. Now, you might have remembered at Watkins Glen, it was completely destroyed. Same car, same chassis. They were able to rebuild it. And it is Canadian, again, hometown hero, Kyle Marcelli taking over. Daniel Yucadella roars the Mercedes back into life. And that car is now gone. We are expecting the five JDC Miller Motorsports Cadillac to come in here any minute now. That will be a drinks bottle change and four tires for Tristan Vaux. They are saving the Westie for a bit later in the race. Richard Westbrook then being held back. So that was Jeremy. I'm presuming we were just over the 45 minutes. Yes, we were when those P3s came into the race. They certainly didn't. I wouldn't have thought they didn't actually need fuel at that point in the race. Absolutely correct on both cotton both counts yes so they've met the minimum drive time all five cars that remain there untroubled number 13 uh, number 33 car of course uh, many laps down after the incident on the first corner uh, but the other five all running exactly the same strategy there so now the pro drivers have taken over and uh, that was uh, that could have been a really crucial pass there for uh, Gar Robinson on that in lap to get past Jarrett Andretti so the leaders charge up the hill at turn three and it's still Tristan Fortier by about half a second from Alex Lynn who's got about half a second from Tom Blomqvist. These three battling it out the front of the field. They're not door handle the door handle but my goodness they're still fighting it out and under breaking at turn five Moss Corner. Alex Lynn closes right in on the leader of the race. Pla in fourth place is about a second and a half further back and Sebastian Porte about a second and a half back from Oli Pla. so that's really interesting Porte not able to move forward we'll discuss that in a moment after Shea Adam has spoken to the driver he came from sixth to the lead in LMP3 in that opening part of the race from Andretti Motorsports to the number 36 car in the LMP3 category it's Jared Andretti Jared, clearly you're comfortable in the car with the track driving up through the field. Do you feel like Gabby has the machine underneath him, though, to maintain that lead? Yeah, I don't know at the moment um, how good we really are. We've been in traffic basically the whole time. I mean, even when we weren't in traffic, there was lap traffic in front of us. So I'm not sure what our clean air pace is or what it's going to be. So, um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what Gabby runs. And, and I think he's going to get some chances here in traffic to, uh, to hopefully uh, to get it back here. Were you disappointed to lose the pole position? Because it didn't really matter at the end of the stint. Well, yeah, you are. You, you're disappointed for everybody that worked so hard, and you, you, you did the lap, and it's like, you know, if you would have known that was going to happen, you would have just not not put you through that kind of 15 minutes of hell to try to get the, get the lap. So all in all, though, a good day stint. Nobody touched us. We didn't touch anybody, so I, I, uh, I feel pretty good about it. What's the strategy for the rest of the race? Just have Gabby go as fast as he can, and hopefully um, hopefully we get some breaks right strategy-wise to make it happen. Love it. Good luck, Jared. Thanks, guys. There you go, with uh, Jared Andretti, fought his way through there, and here is the leader of the race, was the leader as he came in, that's Tristan Fortier, already drops to the back of DPI, 
remember has not splashed for fuel yet so this will be a long fuel stop they might as well put a new set of Michelin tyres on Alex Lynn has assumed the lead in the 0-2 Cadillac Shea Adam is leaning and watching this one uh, that's no driver change that I can see Shea just a new jinx bottle and four new Michelins Yep, correct. Rich Westbrook still sitting with his fire suit down. He is not being employed into this race as of yet. Tristan Vautier revving the engine. I love the sound of that Cadillac. And away he goes. And I wonder what they put in that drinks bottle. Maybe it was a bit of uh, Gatorade or something because it certainly wasn't water the way that Tristan's been driving today. Yeah, well, he's going to need to fight back from here. They're playing the strategy card. That was uh, 28 laps, uh, 51 minutes or thereabouts let's call it 50 minutes when he came into the pit lane with a little bit of yellow in the middle of that Jeremy um, he's still got an hour and 48 to go might no he's not going to be able to do it on one more stop it's going to be one more and a splash isn't it for that car two more for sure yeah. uh, from here but uh, yeah the interesting thing now is to watch his pace he's got fresh tyres on that car how fast can he go uh, before the other leaders come in and make their pit stops and can Alex Lynn go much faster than Tristan Vautier was running before he made that pit stop so those are things we're going to have to keep our eye on over the next few laps Turner Motorsport and Robbie Forley struggling to keep pace with the leaders you've seen a tweet from Turner Motorsport Nothing wrong, reported wrong with the car, but he's not uh, keeping pace at the moment, Jeremy, which is unusual for that BMW. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And uh, we're not used to seeing uh, that uh, for sure. Uh, it has been a bit of a struggle this weekend. Robbie qualified back in the uh, fifth out of sixth in GTD and... Yeah, it's not been the usual pace for that car at this track. Of course, the BMWs this weekend are carrying a little bit more weight. There were a few uh, smallish uh, balance performance tweaks coming into uh, this weekend. The uh, BMWs and the Aston Martins both carrying an extra 20 kilos compared to what they were at Watkins Glen uh, last week. So 20 kilos, Sorry, yeah, go 20, ahead, kilos 20 kilos is, is, is a chunk but of course uh, the the other the other two BMWs in this race uh, are both running reasonably well Madison's now running second at GTD right behind Roman DeAndre still and we, you're within half a second of him and uh, the other BMW was number 25 car that's been fast but unfortunately of course uh, had that problem early on uh, Yes, uh, odd that that car should be struggling when the other two aren't, but we'll keep an eye on that. wonder if he's doing a bit of fuel saving, although we've had a bit of yellow. Uh, Bill Orbelin is suited on the pit lane, I'm being told, so not sure what sort of tactics might be going on. It's been Robbie from the start of the race. He's done 28 laps. Uh, since the start of the race. No, he's done more than that, hasn't he? Because he's done everything. So they are working at the moment on their 37th lap. 
they should be able to do 50 minutes, those cars, Jeremy, the GTTs? Oh, no, they can do an hour. All right. They, they, yeah, they can do an hour. Okay. Well, I believe 55 minutes, but uh, a chunk of yellow in that has elapsed. An hour and 45 minutes still to run. Jeremy Shaw and John Hindorf in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre talking to you on Sirius XM 207, 90.7 FM here at the track and around the world at imsaradio.com. Sound and vision there, actually. Hit the listen live button and select RS2 on the player. If you've got a bit more bandwidth and you're in a territory that doesn't have a network TV deal for the pictures, hit the live video button on the top left and you can see the same pictures as we do here in the Hagney Global Broadcast Centre. Shit, Adam is down in the pit lane. We'll get some words with some more drivers as they get swapped out and share staring at the guys on the pit wall trying to work out if they're telling her the truth when she asks towards the end of the race how much fuel they've got that's all still to come all of that excitement and Michelin post-race tech as well we'll round up the IMSA weekend here at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park with your questions points arising anything that you've noticed observations and that's exclusively on RS2 IMSA Radio once we've finished up with the international TV broadcast. Hashtag Michelin PRT at IMSA Radio on Twitter if you'd like to start tweeting some of your thoughts. If not, make sure you make a note of it and come back to it later because if you're anything like me, by the time I get into the last 15, 20 minutes of the race, I'll have forgotten what's happened right at the very beginning. <laughs> Stirrings on the wall of the pit lane. Yeah, it won't be long before the uh, pit uh, leaders are in. Alex uh, Lynn, by the way, is going significantly faster than was Tristan Vautier when he was leading this race. Vautier was doing basically low one minute sevens on a regular basis. Uh, Alex Lynn, his last lap of six, one minute 6.54, and he's done a, a bunch of uh, six sixes as well. So he's going quite a bit faster. And as a result of that, he's edged away now from Tom Blomqvist. 1.6 seconds between the first two cars. Uh, and then another 2.7 back to Olivier Pla in third place, a similar margin back to Bourdais in fourth. So all of a sudden, over the course of the last four or five laps, since the number zero two car was given clean air, those leaders have stretched out, John. Yeah, they really have. Great battle going on in GT Daytona with the Ben Barnicott, number 14, just passing Madison Snow. Now they're in different categories, and here is the start of the DPI pit stops. The guys who did stop at the last... Uh, yellow flag, the first yellow flag, and it's the wheel and engineering 31 in. Shea Adam is watching the pit stop. Olivier Pla out, Pippo Durrani in. Olivier, who won this race back in 2014 in very different race cars. I definitely want to get a word with him as soon as he's taking his helmet off. But that was fuel, tires, and Pippo in a couple of boxes further up. We've got Ranger Van de Zand on the wall. So when the 0-1 Cadillac comes in to make its pit stop, we're going to have Ranger out on the track. Ooh. Yeah, take another step back. There goes people Durrani out of the pit lane in that number 31. Across the line then, Tristan Fortier. Remember, he made uh, his pit stop, what, three or four laps ago. And that uh, just put him slightly off kilter. He didn't stop uh, on that first full course caution. 
having just taken the 18th position, Ben Barnicut is in brand new Michelin tyres. Uh, going on to the number 14 Sealmaster yellow and black Lexus. Taking a little bit of time to get the front right on, but that's all right. The fuel hose is still in. 24 seconds, 25. Still that front wheel not on, and the fuel hose is out. Now, that is costing them time now. The nozzle is off. That was four, five seconds that it cost them there. Barnicord staying behind the wheel. Yes, he is. That is his helmet as he comes out towards the RFID readers that reads the active chips in the Michelin tyres and rejoins but that was a tad longer than it really needed to be. Meantime, whilst that was happening, an outside pass at turn three. Thank you very much indeed. And Tom Blomqvist made up a position there and has taken the lead from Alex Lynn as they were in traffic behind Madison Snow in the number one car who has just dived into the pits from second position in the GT Daytona, the GT Daytona category. But at the front of the field, Jeremy Shaw, we have a new leader in DPI and stops in the pit lane. Let's go to Shea first and then we'll watch what's happening at the front of the field. Shea? I was not expecting this. For Conic Minolta Racing, they are putting Philippe Albuquerque out of the car, putting Ricky Taylor back into it. They are doing four tires and fuel with that one. As we expected, Greg Vanison is into the 0-1 machine, that Cadillac, but he's going to have to yield to Brian Sellers, who is now aboard the Paul Miller Racing BMW, and very nearly a crash as Ricky goes to exit the pit lane and dives in front of the BMW. That is not proper protocol for exiting the pits. You are supposed to give way to the car that is already in the fast lane. That could be a penalty for Ricky for not behaving in the proper protocol uh, the problem was there if it yielded to that uh, BMW he would have also lost position to the DPI in behind it out from the lead then uh, here comes the number 60 Tom Blomqvist in the pit lane super maneuver uh, Jeremy to take the lead a lap or two ago round the outside at turn three awesome stuff yeah, yeah that was a really opportunist maneuver by Blomqvist here and uh, it's uh, yeah it's how quick can this pit stop be? It's got to be a good one. He hands over that car to Oliver Jarvis, but that uh, pass could be critical. Needs to be a good stop now, though. The first stop wasn't too good. They had a problem with the wheel gun, we heard from pit lane. This one has got to be perfect. Looks like it's already done. Driver aboard. Alex Lynn then has gone to the front of the field in the 0-2. Side by side at turn eight. These are the two cars who've just come out of the pit lane. That's Ricky Taylor in the Conic and Minolta Cadillac and down the inside at the final cut corner. The 0-1 of Renga van der Zander. They were on their outlaps there as they crossed the line. My goodness me, that was very tight indeed. An hour and 38 minutes to go. And that was Renga van der Zander saying, nope, I'm having this one back. Thank you very much indeed. Ooh. Oh, and way off the track at the bottom of turn two onto the paved area. Wouldn't have been able to do that a few years ago, Jeremy. It was grass down there. That would have been a big moment. Yeah, at best, it would have been a big moment. You're absolutely right. Uh, but uh, no harm, no foul there. I think uh, it, as long as he didn't gain a gain an advantage over the 10 car, that'll be OK. But, uh, uh, yeah, that was a, a big moment, certainly for the for Rego van der Zander, wasn't it? Ooh, that was close. Damage on the rear left of the Conic Minolta car as well. The rear deck isn't quite fitted together. I'm not sure he's going to get away with that because 
he very nearly drove into the number one Paul Miller Racing BMW. Sean Creech Motorsport off the track at the middle part of turn one, backed it into the wall by the look of it. Lance Wilsey, turn one, not his favourite corner, I would think. He's got it going again, but more damage to this time of the rear bodywork from the lead Alex Alex Lynn comes into the pit lane we'll watch that stop as he comes in from the lead as Philippe Albuquerque talks to Shea Adam and we've got to talk strategy here Shea what's going on at Conningham and Alder Philippe every time that you've done a pit stop it's been a driver change is that going to continue through the rest of the race no not really uh, so I just went in so to go on and I got stuck behind uh, the zero one I could not really go and then I mean, I said, honestly, no egos in the in this team. And uh, I think Ricky is just going a better job. He's going really fast. So I just said, look, if you want to put Ricky, which I think is a bit stronger than me today, I mean, feel free. I mean, I can go to the end. So then just we put Ricky on and uh, let's see what he can do. It's that kind of driving that ultimately wins championships. No ego in this team. What happened with the tire in Ricky's first stint? We don't know. He's just like a, just completely blew up and um, maybe it was a debris we don't know but uh, the most weird thing it was the rear right which is a tire with less load so it was we were surprised so we just need to address now we are almost last so we need to see what the race brings us what needs to happen to get you guys back into this race I don't know just pushing hard really really hard obviously we are fighting another other guys that uh, especially the Ganassis I they are pushing hard they know that we cannot they, they cannot be behind us um, yeah, it's going to be a hard fight to catch now the 60, but uh, we never know. I mean, we had a puncture. It can happen to anybody there. Good luck the rest of the way. Yeah, thank you. Well, you've got to think championship at this point. Uh, debris on the circuit at the bottom of turn two, and it's a fairly substantial piece of, I think, the 0-1 car from Renga van der Zander, who was battling uh, with his teammate, the 0-2 of Earl Bamber, as Earl came out of the pits following his last stop. Earl has dropped into second place. Uh, into third place, excuse me. Uh, as Ollie Jarvis has taken the lead, having taken over from Tom Blomqvist in the Meyershank Racing with Kerbag and Jenny. That was the Paul City car, remember. Two Chip Ganassi Cadillacs very close together as Earl came over the top of turn two on his outlap and they're desperately trying to keep Ricky Taylor behind him. So that's uh, Earl Bamber in, uh, Ricky van der Zander in the 0-1, Earl Bamber in the 0-2 and now Ricky Taylor, Jeremy, back uh, in the number 10. Interesting strategy again from the Wayne Taylor racing team. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's certainly uh, no one expected that one, I think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, those two are closely matched and... And there really isn't much ego between those two. Two really good guys, Ricky Taylor and Philip Albuquerque. They're both fast, but if Philip, if Philip reckons that Ricky is you know, the better place to do a better job here today, then what the heck, go for it. That's what they've done. But that, 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 that pass by Tom Plunk was right before that pit stop, absolutely critical, because now Oliver Jarvis has got a clean track, and he's... Uh, Pulling away a little bit, having said that, Ray Bantazander has just turned the zero one car's fastest lap of the race in second position. Yeah. So by staying out a couple of laps longer, that zero one car has has gained uh, position over 
well, the 31, which has fallen back a couple of positions now, uh, Pipa Durrani, so coming in early, did not work out for that number 31 car. It's dropped from third to fifth. Uh, hello to Gareth Evans, tuned in from his workshop again. More brilliant model making him back in the UK. At Ipsa Ridge, you'll let us know where you're watching or listening to for the last 93 minutes of uh, this race. As I say, just under 93 minutes uh, still to go. It's Oli Jarvis by only six tenths of a second as he comes to the final corner. A string of second place finishes that they need to break, Jeremy. They need to get this second place monkey off their back here. So close in all of the previous four races to the top step of the box. And you've got to wonder whether that's starting to get to them now. It was real desperation and desolation from Oli Jarvis when his teammate uh, Tom Blomqvist was passed uh, twice, uh, once at the start of the race and once at the end of the race on the restart at Watkins Glen that cost them the victory. True that, but it was the it was the strategy in terms of the aerodynamic setup that, that was a critical factor there. Uh, no no harm on, on Tom Blomqvist. He did absolutely everything he could do. He he, he held his line into the inner loop at. Uh, at Watkins Glen, but the number 10 car just had more straight line speed, uh, and there was stout contact between the two of them. But thankfully, the cars were undamaged. Oh, side by side again damaged. for the lead into turn number eight. This is an audacious maneuver from Renger van der Zander as he tried to go around the left hand side, the outside of turn eight. Got a really good run from Moss Corner, and again, straight line speed seeming to be an issue for that Mershank Racing number 60. Not sure who gets the say in how that car is set up, Jeremy, and whether Tom Blomqvist likes a little bit more downforce. But it uh, certainly does not seem to have the straight line performance uh, of either the other Acura, certainly last weekend, and here in particular, it looks like Van der Zander is right there down that long back straight. I mean, we talk about, you know, drivers being on form on a particular day. Today wasn't Sebastian Bourdais' best day, but by a long, long way. And nor was yesterday, actually, in qualifying. He really struggled with that car yesterday and today. But Renga van der Zender clearly is fired up. I mean, right away, he's gone quicker than Sebastian did. And he is a man on a mission right now. He was uh, he's looking to take advantage of any traffic opportunities that might, might present themselves. But he is super fast. Took him charging around the outside of that Lexus to just make sure he stays onto the tail of Oliver Jarvis and keeps the pressure right on the Englishman. Warning for the number 14 Lexus team, Ben Barnicott uh, behind the wheel. Uh, wheel rotation while up on the jacks. They've only got a warning for that. That's very, very lucky how Porsche keys to the race. Can't afford any penalties assessed either on the track or on the pit lane. Ollie Jarvis, our leader, dives to the inside of the AWA number 13, Carl Marcelli. For the Duquesne, the only Duquesne in the LMP3 field. It used to be known as a Norma, of course. The rest of the cars are Ligiers. There is a choice of five chassis in LMP3. It does seem to be that the Ligier GSP320 is the weapon of choice, particularly over here. Although we have seen the other manufacturers in the IMSA prototype challenge in particular. 
So Jarvis then has eked out to almost three quarters of a second and <laughs> gets the best of the traffic again coming round. And now Renger van der Zende has a bit of company, Jeremy. It's his teammate, Earl Bamba, who's transitioned over to this uh, Cadillac team in the last few races very well indeed. Came on board at the end of last season and he's really found a home here with the Chip Ganassi run team. Yeah, that's uh, very true. And, uh, you know, both Ganassi cars, they're tracking that Acura in the lead. Just maybe 10, 12 car lengths between uh, each of the three of them uh, as they complete their 54th lap uh, around here. We're now uh, an hour and 11 minutes into the race. There's still just under an hour and a half remaining. So long, long time yet. Uh, Pete Durrani should be There's the a battle next. for GTD. Uh, Pete Durrani should be the next of the leaders into the pit lane. Uh, with number 31. Yeah, long time yet. Has he just pitted, Jeremy? Yeah, well, he, he was he, he pitted on lap 43, so he's done 11 laps oh, excuse uh, me. Since, uh, since his last stop. But he was, uh, apart from number five car, that was the first car that, uh, that came into the pits on that latest sequence. It would really help if I scrolled all the way across it, to the right-hand really, side of that. Uh, it really messed, messed up the number five car, of course, came in the lead. It's yeah. now running back in the sixth position, and Tristan Vautier is uh, most... Uh, appears to be falling back just a little bit, not by much, but slipping back a little bit uh, from Pippa Durrani, who's in fifth. Still 15 seconds away from the lead car, Ollie Jarvis. Let's take a look at that uh, GTD Pro battle that Jeremy was mentioning as it went across the line. Still match here, jamming here for FAF Motorsports. Match here and his teammates, Matty Campbell, named as Porsche factory drivers for the new 963 prototype program parallel programs for Porsche Team Penske here in IMSA and in the FIA World Endurance Championship two cars in each of those starting next year and the new livery is absolutely superb if you haven't seen it and want to know a few more details, Race Car Engineering has all of the details on that that's available online as well Andrew Cochran the team have done a cracking job once again with this month's issue so it's Chamonix, Riberas, Jordan Taylor and that's three different manufacturers Porsche that's rear engine flat six of course it's the GT3 new GT3 coming from Porsche the 992 body shape Seen the first proper pictures of that, looks fantastic. Front engine V8, Aston Martin, and then mid-engine V8 for Corvette. So three different manufacturers and three very different configurations of cars at the front of GTD Pro. And Roman De Angelis leads GT Daytona for Heart of Racing in the number 27 car. And he's actually not that far off the pro cars at the moment, Jeremy. No, absolutely right. I mean, the top four cars, uh, three GTD Pros and the GTD leader, Roman DeAndres, pretty much nose to tail at the front of that little pack. They're just going into turn one right now. Nothing to choose between them at, at all. Uh, and uh, only a couple of seconds behind them is Aidan Reid in that, uh, yes, in the uh, number 51 car for Ripware Racing. That is an absolutely stunning run from Aidan. It's a great story for, for Aidan, isn't it, Jeremy? Because uh, uh, he... He sort of almost pulls double duty because, yes, he's a race car driver, but he's qualified in other things as well. 
Yeah, and he's he, I mean, he's a full full time employee at Ripware Racing. Uh, he's uh, he's missing the weekend this the the NASCAR weekend uh, this this week because of his racing here himself. But uh, yeah, he's a regular engineer on the NASCAR teams for Ripware Racing. Fully qualified through through college, of course, as well. Yeah, smashing story. And uh, he's getting quicker and quicker in that car. Still Riley Motorsports leading in LMP3 with Scott Andrews uh, behind the wheel. Yeah, and he's uh, managed to pull away a bit, uh, as Scott Andrews, over Gabby Chubb. Well, he had done. It's, uh, the gap's all of a sudden come down a little bit on that last lap. Not quite sure what ha happened to Scott Andrews on that last lap because all of a sudden he lost a couple of seconds. Uh, it's one sixteen three last time around for Scott. The gap was four and a half seconds. It's now been halved to Gabby Chavez. Colin Brown, he's about 10 seconds farther back in third position. That gap is remaining pretty much constant. Uh, and then about to, what, 15, 16 seconds back to Garrett Grist, who is probably the quickest car on track at the moment in LMP3. Yeah, Scott Andrews and Colin Brown at the start of their respective stints were uh, trading fastest laps in that LMP3 category. Scott uh, finally captured it with a 112.877. Best lap of the race so far, a 105.9. That was by the number 60 car. I think that was Tom Blomqvist who set that. And in terms of the GT category, it's Windward Racing with a 117.0, a number 57 car in GT Daytona and a 16.6 for the Vassar Sullivan Ben Barnicut Lexus RCF GT3, the number 14. Those are the fastest laps that have been set in the race so far. And that's uh, quite a pace being set by all four categories at the moment. So still this battle at the front of the field with the two Jim Ganassi run Cadillacs tracking. Ollie Jarvis, who once again is doing what Ollie Jarvis does. He jumps in, he drives the car. Excellent development driver as well. In GTD Pro, is there an opportunity for challenge here? Turn two. Now down into turn the bottom of the hill and aiming for turn three. Close racing right throughout the circuit at the moment. I thought for a moment Jordan Taylor was within striking distance of Alex Riberos. I don't think he is. But Earl Bamber is gaining on his teammate as they go down at the end of the Andretti straight. He moves to the right-hand side. Shaped to go through there. And the door for a moment was opened by Renge van der Zander. But discretion, the better part of Valor by his teammate Earl Bamber behind. First rule of racing, don't take your teammate out. Wonder if that had been the last lap of the race in another car. Whether Earl might have just released the brake a little bit earlier there and slid into the apex of turn eight. But... Not the time to do that, Jeremy, with an hour and 22 still to go. No, that's right. Last lap of the race uh, probably would have done, wouldn't he? But uh, top three lead, the uh, top three cars now absolutely nose to tail once again. Oliver Jarvis, he's just been pretty cagey, I feel, at this stage in the race. He doesn't want to overextend himself, doesn't want to make any uh, rash moves to get past traffic. He's quite happy to maintain his position there in the lead, but he wants to make, he's got uh, Renge van der Zander, who we've seen how fired up he is. Looking to make a looking to make a pass, and I think he's got to run as they come up the hill. Yeah, comes for the lead. Bamba sitting in third position. It's going to be a hard pass around the outside. Will the Lexus play a part here? Is they get to it? Oli Jarvis dives to the inside. Really decisive driving by the Englishman there. 
now he's got the Winwood Racing AMG, which he carves through again. No, absolutely no doubt left in the mind of the GT driver what was going on there. Went for the line, showed the nose of the car from a way back and got through. Super driving by the leader who hits all of this traffic first, of course, and that's the potential danger. And yet, after all of that, I think he's come out with a bit of an extended lead. Oli Jarvis driving brilliantly, Jeremy, through the traffic. Yeah, it's, you know, there's, there's no respite here, is it? It's a very fast lap. I mean, you've, you've total concentration here is required, and uh, they, they work their way uh, past the, uh, the number one car coming up the hill, and... Uh, Jarvis has just got just about enough straight line speed to hold on against the Cadillac, but it seems to be nip and tuck between those twos. And then he just caught the, the Lexus there of, I think that was uh, Ben Barnicott's car, at just the right time uh, in order to be able to dive down the inside. And that gave him just a little bit of a margin over the two Cadillacs behind him. But this is going to be ebb and flow throughout the rest of this race. We've still got, we're almost exactly halfway through the race. We started off with at 2 hours and 40 and in 8 seconds we'll be at exactly half distance starting lap number 63 the Ollie Jarvis driven number 60 of Maya Shank racing with Curb Agajanian streaking off to a 1.2 second gap that's been sitting around the 5 or 6 tenths mark for such a long time Ollie just using the traffic to his advantage there. Now has a bit of clear uh, track. The next car that he'll have to go by is the uh, number 51, Aidan Reid, Rick Ware Racing Acura. And that's just going into turn nine now as Ollie's halfway down Mario Andretti straight. Great battling at the front of the field. I know they're not side by side all the time, Jeremy. I know they're not door to door. Same as in the GTD Pro, but everybody here is absolutely wringing the necks of these cars. You can see by the attitude of the cars on the track. Yeah, that's exactly right. And as I said, just at the flow of this track, I mean, it's, it's left and it's right. These are long, sweeping corners with huge G-loadings. It's really physically demanding around here. Uh, and it's mentally taxing as well, because you've got to pay attention not only to cars that you are passing, but perhaps if you're in one of the GTD cars, certainly, well, not perhaps, definitely, on cars that come in behind you as well. So there's absolutely hardly any moment to relax here. I mean, the, 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 the longest straight bit on the track is, you know, and even the longest straight probably coming up the hill towards turn eight, but even that you've got a blind crest to deal with as well. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a challenge around here, and that's why the drivers love coming north of the corner to Canadian Town Motorsport Park circuit has barely changed since the early 1960s when it was laid down former Formula One and top level GP star venue as well think of the great Can-Am races around here as well and, uh, notorious in Grand Prix history of course for the first deployment of a safety car there's still arguments about who won that race. Yeah, <laughs> very true. For many years now, been the home of top flight endurance sports car racing in Canada with the American Le Mans series and in more recent years, the latest iteration of IMSA. 
beautiful part of the world, by the way, those of you who aren't here. It's not often a track that people mention to me for their bucket list, and it's always one I try to mention to people because it is something a little bit different, and it's properly old school here. Can walk around the circuit uh, as well. Good access, great sight lines for pro or semi-pro or just hobby photographers. And the area just uh, north of Toronto, absolutely beautiful. Lovely place to come for a few days. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world, isn't it? Particularly when the weather's like this. Absolutely beautiful summer's day here in Ontario. Uh, lots to see you from here. We can see, you can see the lake, uh, uh, maybe glimpses uh, every now and again. Off in the, uh, it's about 20 miles away, perhaps to Lake Ontario. But uh, you know, it's wooded scenery around here primarily, but just a gorgeous part of the world. Some really fun places to go visit. Live on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV around the circuit on 90.7 FM, Sirius 207, and of course IMSA Radio via IMSAradio.com. We've got the international. Uh, TV as well, the World Feed TV. Go to imsaradio.com and click live video on the top left. If you can't get that because you've got a network TV deal in your territory, you can always listen to the audio via Listen Live on the right hand side at the top of the home page. If you're in the US, it's NBC for the pictures. Uh, this weekend, and still an hour and 15 minutes to go. That sees Ollie Jarvis leading by a second and a half as he crosses the line and charges down to turn one. The number 60, Maya Shank Acura, then ahead of Renga van der Zander for Cadillac and the 01. His teammate, El Baba, and the 02 in third for the two Chip Ganassi run cars. In LMP3, it's Riley Motorsports that leads, and the number 74, Gar Robinson, has handed over to Scott Andrews and Gabby Chavez is about four seconds further back for Andretti Autosport, the 36 car, which has led the race. 54 in third is Colin Brown now for Court Autosport. He's about another eight seconds further back. GDD Pro, Porsche from Faf, the number nine with Mathieu Jaminier, by half a second from Corvette Racing. Roman De Angelis charging up for Hartner Racing Team. He's the third GT car and leads GT Daytona ahead of Alex Riveros, his teammate, who's third in GTD Pro. Second in the GTD class is Aidan Reid. Great, great run for Rick Ware Racing in that Acura NSX GT3. And in third position in that category, Phil Ellis for Windward Racing. That's your VP Racing Field in race update with an hour and 14 minutes to go. Yeah, so there's actually a shuffle of positions there in GTD. I think on that last lap, John, with Jordan Taylor moving up into second place and Alex Riveras falling from second uh, down to, well, not only third in class, but also behind his teammate Roman DeAngelis. Uh, the order up until the previous lap had been 9, 23, 3, 27. Now it's 9, 3, uh, uh, 27, 23. And closing in on both, on all of those, that little group, is Aiden Reed in that Rick Ware Racing Acura as well. So it's game on, well, it's been game on all the way through, but it's a Corvette now up into second place in this Chevrolet Grand Prix. Tell you what, the, the big loser in uh, in DPI at the moment is uh, Tristan Vautier, who's really struggling in kind of a five. Uh, he's, he's fallen, he's 17 seconds now behind Pippa Durrani, uh, and he's, he's slipping back by, uh, at, at best, half a second a lap. Expecting that car in shortly 
Jeremy, that number yeah. five car. They didn't come in with everybody else, hoping maybe for another yellow. Didn't fall their way, and that was the start of their wars, really. But uh, Tristan's dropped some 25 seconds away from the leader. So they've, whatever they've done, whatever changes they've made, whether it was a tyre pressure adjustment or whatever, hasn't worked for them in this stint, has it? So maybe, st still, look, they've still got over an hour and 10 minutes. They're not out of a by any stretch of the imagination. Um, they could still pull either a bit of strategy or grab a late yellow, but they need to get the pace back into that car that they showed earlier on because they were genuinely sitting up there in the top three uh, at the start of the race. Yeah, and then you know, and led for for for, you know, for quite a while there, uh, having not made that first pit stop. But but uh, since then, it's all gone very very wrong for that number five team. And Tristan Voce qualified yesterday in the third position. That was the best qualifying run for that car since uh, Daytona. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, not able to take advantage of it. Uh, hello to Stephen Gardner. Uh, he's complaining that I'm pronouncing too many T's when I mention the major conurbation that is just to the south here. Um, sorry, I, I do know that is, it is Toronto. Um, uh, uh, we have the same with D's where I come from, and it's Sunderland, uh, not Sunderland. It's Sunderland uh, for people that go, so I know it's Toronto. <laughs> sorry, Stephen. At IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us to correct any more of my pronunciation or maybe ask a question or make a point uh, that uh, you have noticed in this race or something else over the weekend, we've got Michelin post-race test tech coming up uh, on IMSA Radio after the checkered flag, which ends the race but only starts the conversation. Hashtag Michelin PRT at IMSA Radio if you'd like to get in touch. Uh, Ruddy Digital says, um, I missed the start of the race, sorry, yeah, do you have a note? You really do have to have a note. It's like having a hall pass. Has Camry already driven the number 14? Uh, he has not. It's been Ben Barnacle, Jeremy, in from the beginning of that Vassar Sullivan Lexus RCF GT3. That's exactly right. Uh, Jack Hawks was still not uh, fully recovered from the injuries suffered in a, uh, a motorbike accident. So uh, this weekend with uh, Carl Kirkwood committed to the NTT IndyCar Series race at uh, Mid-Ohio. They're looking for a, no an extra spoilers. driver. And exactly, absolutely. Thank you very much. Uh, and because uh, I have no idea what happened there, um, he did qualify well, Dakar Kirkwood. He did. And um, yeah, Kamuka, Kobayashi, because he was at Watkins Glen last weekend driving the prototype for the Ally Cadillac team. And so he was in the area. Uh, he's a he's a Toyota family driver, of course, in any case. So uh, he, he jumped at the opportunity to come here to Canadian Time Motorsport for the first time. So we're going to see him in action in a little while. Won't be long, actually, before he's at the wheel of that car. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he only has to make a 45-minute minimum drive time into the pit lane after the, out of that great battle at the head of the GTs. Here comes Roman De Angelis from the lead of GT Daytona. I expect him to leave the car. This means that Aidan Reid has scored as the leader for Rick Ware Racing. Brilliant run to the front of class by the Acura. Shea Adam has the Aston Martin. 
I'm not sure if Trickware is going to stay out and lead it or not because their clipboard is also down. But Roman DeAngelis is out at the Aston Martin. Maxime Martin has gotten in. And yes, uh, Rickware Racing has stayed out for one more lap. We've also got the 0-1 recommends in, in, in the Cadillac for Chip Ganassi Racing, four new tires for Ranger, four new tires of fuel for Maxime. It should be a longer stop for Maxime. Actually, no, they've been in the pit lane for about the same amount of time. There we go. Ranger leaves after 23 seconds worth of fuel. This should be pretty darn near 40 seconds worth of fuel for the 27 Aston Martin. And there we go, 41. The fuel nozzle comes out. Maxime Martin does a very nice burnout. Ooh, he actually ripped the Michelin stickers right off. Very good. Uh, and Rick Ware and Aidan Reed did get scored as the leader at the end of that last lap. They crossed the line before Phil Ellis did in the pit lane. So the number 51, the purple, black, light blue and white has led one lap and now comes into the pit lane. It's a great story for this car. It's the, I think this is the former Gradient Racing chassis that they've taken over and comes into the pit lane and also in as well from GTD Pro, Alex Riveres for Heart of Racing. These are green flag scheduled stops for the GTs. Sticker tires for Ross Gunn, who will be taking the 23 Heart of Racing Aston Martin back out onto the track and everything going according to plan at that stop. We've also got the five Mustang sampling car in. Joseph Vautier is out. Richard Westbrook is in. They are doing four new Michelin tires on this car as well. The Rick Weir stop continues further down the pit lane. Ryan Eversley has been installed behind the wheel of that accurate, meaning that we should be able to play a game of Where's Aiden and actually get to talk to him once he gets his helmet off. But they are waiting on fuel. The car is still up on the air jacks, however. Uh, the tire change appears to be done. Now the car drops off the air jacks, fuel nozzles come out, and Ryan gets going. Pretty good. Green's flag stops for everybody. Also in the pit lane, Tristan Vautier. And that car is yeah. moving again, the black and on the dark grey yeah. and gold machine. But uh, the number zero one car was just in on the previous lap as well. Uh, didn't need necessarily to stop at that juncture. He should have had enough fuel, I think, uh, to do some few more laps, but he came in out of second position, did the number zero one car, that's Renko van der Zander. Could just be splitting the last uh, 90 minutes or so into two halves. Reckon he can go one more stop from here, Jeremy, in that car for the zero one. Be a little bit tight, maybe. Uh, no, uh, one more stop from here. Yeah, that should okay. be, that should, that's no problem. Share to have a word with Chip Ganassi's team down there at the zero one just to see if there was a niggling little problem. Might have had a tie going down or something like that, coming two or three laps earlier than they needed to. Ollie Jarvis now leads by uh, two seconds. It's a good run again by the Englishman, one of the quiet men in the paddock, does he's talking from behind the wheel. And exceptionally quick driver in GTs or in prototypes. And as someone has just mentioned to me, the racing blog has just said, crazy to think the last time we were racing at CTMP official, the summer of Mazda was just kicking off. Seems like a lifetime ago. Certainly does. One of the stories of the first half of the race, Rick Ware Racing, who did get scored as leaders of GTD, Aidan Reid, the driver who took it from the green flag at the start of the race, is with Shea Adam. Aiden Reed, you led the race in the class. How good did that feel? Um, I had a fun day. Um, you know, it's been a slightly difficult weekend for us coming back and joining the sprint championship, but you know, anything can happen uh, with a well-executed race and we're, we're doing a good job right now. We're on 
we're on what we think is the right strategy and uh, we're on some different uh, different options to some others but I was really happy with the speed um, we got a good car that's like uh, fast in the right places so we can uh, make some progress and uh, you know towards the end of that stint it was really just about uh, fuel management which uh, is kind of my jam sometimes from uh, from the Glen last year so uh, I'm, uh, I'm confident with my uh, with my engineer Matt the whole Rickware uh, racing team and uh, Ryan's in the car now I trust that he's gonna do a good job and uh, you know I've had a happy day here in Canada can you guys go to the end from here one stop race oh good question um, I believe so but we'll check in on that pretty cool and I gotta ask Ryan said the other day that this was your style of track because it takes guts it's a lot like the Australian tracks does it make you feel like you're at home uh, well I'm a long way home from home but there is maple syrup um, so that helps uh, but yeah it's just a it's just a gutsy track and I, I like it it's good fun it's short it's fast a lot of compression sometimes the car feels like it weighs nothing sometimes the car feels like it weighs twice what it really does you know it just makes you feel like a hero sometimes so um, no I'm enjoying my time over here and this team is this team is building and that's uh, that's some positivity for the guys and I'm, I'm happy about that and I had I had fun drove well and uh, you know the last couple of races Detroit and here I think we've, we've made a step forward so uh, happy days Good job today. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. Yeah, right. really good job. Yeah, really, really good, good job by uh, by Aiden and uh, and an entire team. And uh, yeah, I think they should be able to get to, to the end from here. They might say, need to save a little bit of fuel, but we we'll see the other leaders coming in. The number nine car came into the, the pits out of the lead on the previous lap, but now the new leader, the Corvette, that's making its uh, final stop as well. Car number three uh, into the pits and out again. That will leave Philip Philip Ellis out in the lead this race. He's uh, he was running in the one, two, three, four. Well, he's he's leading at the moment. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's the second stop for Corvette. Remember, they did stop uh, a little bit early on, but that should be their last stops for all of these GTDs. With uh, an hour and thirty-five, an hour and forty, almost gone. We've got just over an hour to go. Most of them have been down the pit lane twice. Carl Marcelli's only been in the pit lane once. That's the uh, LMP3s who are the most frugal here. And at the front of the field, we've got a new leader as Ollie Jarvis comes into the pits. But moments before he did, Earl Bamba with a very sharp move again in traffic. But here comes Ollie Jarvis to the pit lane and Shea Adam is waiting down at uh, the Auto Nation Sirius XM Acura pit. For the Meyer Shank Racing crew, this is fuel and tires. They know exactly what they're doing as they've done it so many times before to wind up with a victorious race car. Thinking Jobs. back to Daytona earlier this year. Fuel and tires, Jarvis stays aboard. They did give him a new drinks bottle. And let's see if the fuel, yep, they're putting this thing brimful and it has caused a reaction. The 0-2 crew is up on the wall now too. So I'd expect Earl Bamber coming in for exactly the same service in just a few minutes time. Ollie Jarvis, wide-eyed, with his visor yeah. up in the yeah. cockpit. He's, he's going to get his head down now and turn some really good laps. Going to be careful not to stray more than two wheels over that, that yellow line on the exit of the pits. A big lock-up, though, coming into the pits for Earl Bamber. Yeah, I, I hope he got it down to the pit lane speed limit, uh, and he'll be getting rid of those front Michelin tyres because they're going to have a flat spot on it. He was super late on the brakes, in and out the pits really early. I oh, just about got it slowed down, but it was on and off the brakes 
no ABS on these. You've got to do it yourself. It's a technique called cadence braking. You go on and off with your left foot. Most of these guys are braking. Shea Adam, full service stop. Full service stop, fuel, and four Michelin tires. That is the last tire going on to the car. 19, 20, 21 seconds worth of fuel. Ranger Zanjanison came in for 23. The sister car came in for 23 seconds. So the 0-2 doing a bit of a better job saving fuel. One more stop from here for these cars, but it won't necessarily have to be a full stop for those DPIs, Jeremy. I don't think they can do an hour. And there's a touch on the front straight between the two Acuras and the Conning and Minolka car was squeezed into the wall there by Ollie Jarvis and then was eased off the track. That will be looked at by race control. My goodness me, that was very close to a huge incident on the pit straight. An hour and one minute to go. Ollie Jarvis getting up to speed at the end of his outlap. Now they'll be both very lucky. If they've come away without damage there, Jarvis and Taylor went across the line with virtually nothing between them. There was traffic ahead. It was uh, the Riley car and Jarvis pulled out. Mm, very, very tight indeed to the wall. Jarvis defending across. Maybe took that a little bit too far, Jeremy, and then got uh, a little tap for his troubles coming into turn one as they both try to get back on the racing line. Yeah, that was an opportunity to move there from uh, Ricky Taylor. Brilliant move by Taylor, actually. And uh, maybe there was a car, let, car width between the, between number 60 car uh, and the pit wall, but it was awfully tight. Uh, and uh, he realised he was in trouble there, Oliver Jarvis, and he was in deeper trouble when he got down to turn one because another, there was another LMP3 car to negotiate as well. He had to go around the outside of that, cost him a lot of ground. He's got to hope there's no damage to that number 60 car. I told you he had to get his head down, uh, but uh, he perhaps should have, might have anticipated that, that number 10 car was going to get a run off turn 10. Such a busy end to the lap, though, Jeremy, isn't it? You've got a super fast corner at turn eight, which runs straight into pretty much straight into turn nine, which runs pretty much straight into turn ten. Jarvis round Moss Corner and heading up the Mario Andretti straight. He's lost a bit of ground to the number ten similar car. The Acura's in third and fourth at the moment, Taylor and Jarvis. Three and a half seconds or thereabouts lost there by Ollie Jarvis. So it's Renga van der Zande from Earl Bamba, the two Chip Ganassi run Cadillac racing cars, three seconds apart, 0 1 from 0 2. And Shea Adam, whilst that excitement was going on down the front street, you had some more pit stops. <laughs> yes, well, aside from nearly getting run over by those two cars because I was standing on the pit wall, uh, we had the 96 Turner Motorsport BMW and the 57 Windward Mercedes, both from the GTD class, fuel and four tires for them. The Riley LMP3 machine came in, fuel and four tires, and that has triggered a slew of LMP3 stops, number one being the car that came in with the number one on the side, the 54 Core Autosport machine. Colin Brown is in. That is fuel and four tires for him as well. And Junior 3 Garrett Grist just coming down the pit lane. That will be fuel and four tires for them. And those are shiny oh. Michelins going on to the Junior 3 racing machine. We also expect to see Paul Miller racing in any moment now. It will be fuel tires and a new drinks bottle for Brian Sellers. His full course caution is out. Uh, and that is for the number 74, Scott Andrews and Riley Motorsports on his outlap uh, in the... 
Ligier that had been leading GT, uh, LMP3. Uh, car has gone off at turn four. That will not be a small incident. That is full commitment and flat out at that point. On his outlap, he's being gained on. It's Ollie Jarvis diving down the inside. Jarvis may be feeling the pressure. Now, I don't know whether there was a touch or not there, Jeremy, but uh, certainly it was enough to put Scott Andrews offline. And the previous incident between the Cottingham and Alton number 10 and the number 60 under review. And that's quite a heavy impact for Scott Andrews. But there are four banded rows of tyres there, which have taken some of the sting out of it. But that car is going to need assistance to move out of that. I can see Scott Andrews moving in the cockpit. High speed incident at one of the fastest corners on the circuit. Yeah, and uh, really unfortunate there for Scott Andrews. As you say, he, uh, the, the top two cars of the class, number 74, that is Scott Andrews, and number 36, Gabby Chavez, both pitted on that previous lap. Uh, and now, but just before the caution came out, I think the the next two cars in line, 54 and 30, I think they both made it onto the pit lane before the yellows. Yeah, were, yeah, were yeah, they, yeah they were both well in before okay. that. Shea was describing the stops as, as that accident happened. Yeah. So, right. Good point. Yeah. So, so, so that, no, but, but, uh, yeah, really unfortunate there for for Scott Andrews. The cars that got in just before that incident were Bill Oblin in the number 96, Gabby Chavez in the number 36 LMP3, uh, then Scott Andrews left, then it was Colin Brown uh, into the pit lane in the 54, then Garrett Grist getting in, no, and then the full course caution uh, came out. So. Um, no one else was able to get in, and of course, the pits are now closed. Yeah. Scott Andrews uh, chasing the 36 of Gabby Chavez, as Jeremy said, they had just come out of the pits. Coming through to the kink that is turn four. I call it a corner, Jeremy, but I, I don't think it's even a modicum of a lift in pretty much anything here. Scott left a bit of room on the inside for the number 60 car. I don't really see that anybody did anything uh, too wrong there. There was uh, a good car's width and a bit more on the inside. And Ollie Jarvis yeah. went down the inside there and... There was the slightest of contact. And here comes Ollie Jarvis. They're going to have a check of the car to make sure that it's okay after those two little uh, little dabs that they've had and a splash of fuel as the... And they've been given a, 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 a drive-through. That, that was a, a, a pit open stop, but the number 60 car has been given... A warning, a warning for the incident responsibility with the number 10. That was on the pit straight uh, a couple of three laps ago. So incident responsibility, but it's only drawn a warning. Interesting call there from race control, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was just about, uh, I think, once Taylor is alongside, he certainly squeezes him too toward the pit wall. Oh. Did he put him into the pit wall? That's the question. Race control reckons he didn't put him into the pit wall. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. he certainly kept a, you know, a straight line after that. Uh, but uh, I think that's probably the right call. 
on that one, she's but it was just, awfully tight. She's just said she's leaned over the pit wall and all the banners are intact, so he definitely didn't go into the pit wall. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that is the uh, the algorithm for working that one out here, but well done uh, on that. Pits are now open for the GTs, although most people are just taking a stop. Anybody who's uh, not quite sure or is at the back of the GT field might take a little splash here to make to see if they can make it all the way and hearing that Brian Sellers for Paul Miller Racing leading GTD at the moment is he due a stop Jeremy because it looks to me as though the Paul yes. Miller Racing guys are due a stop yes that's right and Ben, ben Barnick at two and number 14 ah. car they're the I think they're the only two leaders uh, actually in, in respective classes GTD Pro and GTD that had not stopped prior to this full course caution so yes they will need a stop now Kami Kobayashi needs to get in his car are they going to have drive time issues and the 14 is in Barnicut is in uh, with 52 call it 53 minutes to go now it's when Kobayashi comes out Brian Sellers looks to be getting out of that number one BMW Ah, drinks bottle only. Madison psyched me out there. But there is a change at the 14, Jeremy. So, new driver there. Mark that one off your list. And a brand new set of sticker Michelin tyres. We're under full course yellow for that incident with Scott Andrews in the number 74 Riley and the Shank Racing number 60 Acura. Go, 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 start, and away goes the Lexus. Yeah, but the bad news is it's going to fall right to the tail end of the uh, of the class there because everybody else already made their pit stop. No need for anybody else in GTD other than those two to come into the pit. So they're kind of gambling there by staying out after everybody else had pitted. I don't think it's going to work out in the favour of either of them. Uh, number one, of course, that leads the WeatherTech Sprint Cup points coming into this weekend. So potentially costly for them. Having said that, of course, they, they were running uh, towards the, uh, the tail end of that class in any case, so uh, I think it really ultimately has only cost them one position, perhaps to the 96 car. Yeah. But uh, just, uh, just a quick note about Scott Andrews there. Interestingly, the, he had been passed... Uh, either in the pits or on that outlap by number 36 car. So Correct. Gabby Chavez had gone ahead of uh, Scott Andrews. Yeah, that's right. He was chasing him down to turn four as uh, as uh, Ollie came through. Colin Brown in again then, number 54 car for a splash or something. Uh, was that his second start? No, he's, no he, he was, he was in. Wasn't he in a couple of laps ago? Yeah, he was in a couple of laps ago. Right before the, the caution, wasn't I'm he? Yes, you said. Down the pit lane twice. Yeah, he was right be, right behind. Let me just uh, check. Yes, you're absolutely right. He was in and out in very little time at all. In at uh, 54.33 and out at 54.38. Yeah. So was that a drive-through then? Well, no, because it's still under caution. So, uh, uh, oh, yeah, what, of the, course. Yeah, the, of course. So, but how, how, it, it was literally 10, 10 seconds from pit in to pit out. I can't be right. No, it can't be right. Um, well timed full course caution for us. Colin Brown returns to the track with the lead. 53 minutes left 
in the race. They've just tweeted uh, that. Uh, let's go down to the team that was victorious in both GT classes last week. That would be Heart of Racing and their Aston Martin teams. Alex Riveras is with Shea. Alex, was it fun out there when you were battling with Roman, not expecting to be against the sister car, were you? Well, you know, it, out, out here anything can happen. As we saw, it's, it's such a cool track to be out there. So definitely a lot of fun to drive the Aston Martin Vantage and to see actually Roman leading the class, doing such a good job. I mean, I'm so proud of him for what he's doing uh, today and, and hopefully they can bring it home and, and bring the W. You were up in second. At one point, the Corvette got by. At one point, Alex got by, uh, Roman got by. And then all of a sudden, you were back up to second. What was happening in the battling out on the track? Well, it's tough, tough racing out there. Uh, the Porsche definitely has a very strong pace. Uh, they look they look strong out there. So it's it's tough to, to follow, only with traffic. You know, out here with the LMP3 cars, the DPI cars, dive bombing. It was it was actually so much fun. Um, and now, again, with another Prucos Yellow, anything can happen. We are right there in the mix. And... It's all up to Ross now. Good luck, fingers crossed. Thank you so much, thank you everybody. Great to hear Alex's voice from down in the pit lane. Had a great chat with him right at the first big event of the year at the 24 Hours of Dubai, one of the uh, Creventic 24 Hour Series races. And uh, had a great chat with him in the early hours of the morning in the pit lane in Dubai. Really lovely to see him back on this side of things. Got caught on the wrong side of the travel restrictions and the wrong side of the world on those travel restrictions for a wee while. And a reminder, by the way, that uh, Creventing and IMSA are partnering again at the end of this year for the 24 hours of Sebring. Uh, go to 24hseries.com for all the details. Yes, a 24-hour race around Sebring. Great event last year, thoroughly enjoyed it, and we'll be back there covering it again this year. It's in November and uh, worthwhile. Top class being GT3, some touring car classes as well, and an event that is uh, growing quite quickly. Uh, upwards of uh, 40 cars, I'm led to believe, already shown interest in that and uh, possibly even more than that by the time we get to that event. That's a, a joint IMSA and Creventing run 24 hours of Sebring in November. Right, Jeremy, 48 minutes to go. No real benefit for anybody in any of the classes there, possibly apart from uh, Colin Brown. It took that little splash without losing the lead for Court Autosport in LMP3, but everybody else had just about done their pit stop, so it's pretty much as you were... Uh, the only person who took a slight advantage there was the, the number 60, Ollie Jarvis, who took an extra splash of fuel. Uh, I still, I'm still not sure they'll get to the end from here, though. They've also came in, uh, I think, during that... Uh, Sorry, the right number... Right behind number 60. 31 and the 5 okay, car both thank came you. in. Big right, car. yes. Yeah, they must have, because they're back behind them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that could, uh, could work out of favour. We've got 46 minutes remaining, so uh, we're not going to go green this time most likely so yeah that's uh that's right on the edge upper edge being able to get to the end of here's the lights out in the safety car i, yeah, I see they yes. are, aren't they? yeah yeah so this is going to be a bit of a stretch to get to the end from here so the number but 60, nobody ahead of them can, can they 
So I don't think so. I think I think they'd need more caution right. to get to the end from here. Yeah, I think uh, 40, 46, 47 minutes, if they're really fuel saving on green, is doable. But uh, they've already they've got that to go now. Plus, they've already been out there for several laps as well. So no, I think it's going to be another splash for everybody. And the zero one car, which leads, that's going to need more fuel than everybody else. Yeah. The order right now then is at zero one, zero two, ten, sixty five, and thirty one. Uh, and the number zero one car needs uh, yeah, several laps more fuel I, than everybody else. I reckon they're seven laps worse off than the zero two teammate. Uh, they are five laps worse off than Ricky Taylor in the ten. Uh, and the other three you mentioned, they've only been out for a couple of three laps behind the safety car. So Renke van der Zander, as Jeremy says, by far the worst off of the leaders for fuel. But everybody will need a splash to get to the end. It will be a longer splash for some than for others. If we go full green in the next 45 minutes and we're back under green flag and Renke van der Zander got a great restart for the 0-1 Cadillac. He's pulled out half a second, maybe a little bit more on his teammate Earl Bam, but then Ricky Taylor right in the fight with Ollie Jarvis sitting in in the second of the Acura. So Cadillac, Cadillac, Acura, Acura, Cadillac, Cadillac. She top six, Colin Brown with a 1.2 second lead uh, over Gabby Chavez. That's going to be a great battle between Core Autosports 54 and Andretti Autosport and the 36. Don't count out Garrett Christ either. He's only a eight-tenths gap behind in third position. Cal Marcelli trying to fight his way back into it as well for AWA in the 13 and LMP3. Yeah, he's a lap down, is Carl Marcelli, but Garrett Rist, local driver from Grimsby, Ontario, just down the road here from the track. He is in third position and going to be gunning after Colin Brown and Gabby Chavez, that's for sure. Here comes the battle for the lead on the front straight again. Pretty much equidistant, the top six. And, of course, for the moment, they've got no traffic ahead of them. The last car in line is just going into turn eight now and that is the number 12 of Aaron Tealitz for Vassar Sullivan it's the Cadillacs in fifth and sixth position that are the closest battle at the moment that being Richard Westbrook for JDC Miller Sports announced as a Porsche customer racing team for next year for the new 963 which will run in the GTP category in IMSA word on their driver lineup yet and in FIA WEC by the way it will be Hertz team Jota the Sam Hignett run team from the UK with an all pro lineup there but again no driver's names yet I suspect there's a rather well, I was going to say an orderly crew probably a disorderly crew with people pushing each other out the way spread uh, to the doors of uh, both of those establishments of GT and prototype drivers trying to get in on a customer racing Porsche drive. Second place for Corvette in GTD Pro and the run to the finish for Antonio Garcia trying to track down Matt Campbell in the Porsche. Heard what uh, Antonio, uh, what uh, Alex Riberos was saying early on about that Porsche. It's been pretty strong, the FAF car all week and has held the lead pretty much since the drop of the green flag. Matt Campbell to take it home. Don't count out Ross Gunn though, very highly thought of at Aston Martin and at Heart of Racing Team. And Maxime Martin 
Well, if it was raining, I'd put money on Maxime Martin right now. He's an absolute rainmeister. He's not too shabby in the try as well. But he's got some pressure from Phil Ellis as they battle for first and second in GTD. That's your in-race update from VP Racing Fuels with 42 minutes to go. This one, Jeremy, is going to be an absolute barnstormer. Yeah, number 57 car was the, the big kind of gainer in all that uh, round of pit stops there because all of a sudden he's come out in second place in the class. He'd been running uh, in the uh, third position before that, so he's made up uh, one place. Uh, the loser, unfortunately, is not the number 51 team because Ryan Eversley has been uh, shuffled back a couple of positions, I think, at the restart by both Daniel Yonkadela and Conor Di Filippi, two of the pro cars in GTD. Absolutely not a chance I'd have put money on any of these cars in any of the classes. 24 cars start at this race. We've got 22 still running. And in the categories, well, really, the, all of the top six still in with a chance of something out of this race, a podium or better. Top three in LMP3, still very much in the hunt. GTD Pro, top three there, are still tied together with a very short piece of streak. And GTD is the usual bun fight as well. Yeah, Corvette running in second position then, still behind uh, Maddie Campbell. But uh, yeah, the, the Porsche certainly looks strong. The uh, fastest lap in the class has been set by Maddie Campbell. That was. Actually, on that last lap around, Manny Campbell set the fastest lap of the race in GTD at 147.470. Garcia behind him, 117.469. What a minute, what's wrong with that? 470.469. Yeah, confused. Big ball of dust thrown up in the final corner. 79, Daniel Junkadela throwing up some uh, dust into the pit lane for the number 10, Ricky Taylor, they've reckoned they couldn't get to the end, we knew that, so they're now thinking, right, 39 minutes, we can go from here, this will definitely be our last pit stop, they rather looked in to their fuel strategy at Watkins Glen a week ago with the... Uh, with the red flag, they would not have been able to make it. They've still got some damage on the back of the car on the left-hand side. There's a crack above the left rear wheel on the wheel arch. And there's a bit of bodywork missing uh, on the inside part of that as well. But it hasn't moved since the last time we saw it in the pit lane. So, now that's interesting, Jeremy. So that's Wayne Taylor and the team saying, right, we can go from here. What do the rest of the teams do? Expect to see them up on the wall. You don't want to get caught the wrong side of a yeah. yellow flag. Yeah, the question now is, what does the Ganassi do? Oh, they're bringing the number 60 car in as well, so for a very quick splash, this, well, this will be, this will be which a, is a penalty. Uh, Instant, is this a penalty? No, they only got a warning for the penalty. 
I think this will just be a splash, and it'll be a very short okay, so splash for that car. In. Okay, fine. Everybody is in then, right? So it's who needs the least amount of fuel, Jeremy, and the 60 should be right about there, along with the GDC Miller Motorsports number five and the number ten. Just eight seconds, and it gets out first. That's a huge move from the number 60. So that splash of fuel at the end of the at the last yellow flag period has paid dividends for Ollie Jarvis and Maya Shank Racing I think they're going to be out ahead of those who've just come into the pit lane and Shea Adam was watching that and it wasn't a clean stop for one of the two Chip Ganassi Cadillacs it should have been Earl Bamber, the first car back off the pit lane. He was the first one who had the fuel nozzle removed, but he stalled it. And in that little breath, it was what allowed Ollie Jarvis to get going and rolling and be in the fast lane well ahead of everyone else. But I'm not entirely sure that they beat out Ricky Taylor. Oh, yes, they did. Oh, yes, they did. But it's going to be tight because Taylor's got the momentum. Uh, it was about a, a second and a half, but they're on the Andretti straight now. This is the effective lead of the race as Pete Durrani has just called in for a splash of fuel. Now, how quickly can he get out? They're coming through turn 10 now. The fuel hose is still on. It's still on. He needs to be rolling. He needs to be rolling. He is now. This is going to be really tight down at turn one. This could be the motor race right here. Durrani is rolling. The cars will speed past him on the start-finish line. And Ollie Jarvis goes back to the lead for, for the Shank Racing Acura. Man, that is great work in the pit lane. Porsche keys to the race track position key here and it's absolutely paid off Jeremy for Ollie Jarvis who has put in a super super outlap there to get ahead of Ricky Taylor and great call from the pit wall as well yeah great call to come in and make that splash during a caution because that means they, they need a little bit less fuel than the, the other contenders when they all made that pit stop but the the big losers that we knew that the Cadillacs a particular number zero one car was going to need more fuel than everybody else, but number zero two, that had been only in uh, a couple of laps before, really only done one lap of, of green before we went to yellow uh, compared to number 60 car. But great pit work there by the Meyer Shank Racing with Kerb Agajanian team, and they got themselves that track position again. The question is, they've had this track position in most of the races this year, or many of the races. Can they this time put it to good effect and bring it home? Last week, 30, 37 minutes remaining. Last week, we went, we were rolling again with 35 minutes to go. We went green at just over 20 minutes to go. And it was Tom Blomqvist that was leading from Philippe Albuquerque. Now we've got 35 and a half minutes to go. We are green. And it's Ollie Jarvis leading Ricky Taylor by 1.3 seconds. Great outlap by Ollie Jarvis and managed. Uh, in and out lap by Ollie Jarvis managed to hold off Ricky Taylor when he was closed in on at this part of the track he's at now which is coming through turn 7 heading slightly uphill here on the Andretti straight and there's traffic but he's holding on to the lead come down to 7 tenths of a second so can Ollie hold on to this advantage for the next 35 minutes don't go anywhere Keep it tuned to 90.7 FM around the track. Sirius XM 207. IMSA Radio at IMSAradio.com. Oh, big checkup for Ollie Jarvis as he's stuck in behind the Turner Motorsport BMW at turn one. He dives to the right hand side. Next up, he's got the number 14, Kamwe Kobayashi, 
driven Lexus. He gets past that. The double world champion in FIAWEC. And this time, you win at the traffic, you lose at the traffic. And it's Taylor who's lost this time. And here comes Earl Bamba down towards turn four. Taylor sweeps across to the left-hand side. The block going into turn number four. But under breaking the five. Here comes, and they've hit. Bamba coming up the inside. And into the wall for the number ten. He has to wait for a moment. There was the slightest brush on the right rear. Door left open for a moment and then closed. That'll be looked at by race control. Man, that's going to be a tough one to call. Not sure there was enough room there, but I can see why, why Bamba had a look at it. Looked like the door had been left open. Certainly been slammed hard in his face at turn four when he had a little bit of a run. And Taylor swept across from the right to the left of the track to take turn four, which is a left-hander. Taylor has continued there, Jeremy. I don't think there's any damage, even though he slightly nudged the tyre wall on the outside of Moss Corner. Now there's this big gaggle of GT cars, which will be completed when Ollie Jarvis gets past Matt Campbell, which he does now in the GTD Pro Leader. He's going down through Turn 4. Here comes Earl Bamba. This is the scene of the crime from last time around. It's under review for that incident. Has to be, really, at this stage of the race. Uh, no question about it. I mean, uh, I'm going I'm to reserve judgment until I see that again uh, because uh, it was certainly a late lunch down the inside, which is the only way you're going to get past Ricky Taylor. I he mean, had a run uh, on him going into to Turn 4. That, that wasn't going to happen. And then coming yeah. up the hill, he was. No, I tell you what, he was no, further no, no, alongside no, 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 no. than I thought, but it still yeah. wasn't enough. No, no that's, that's, that, that has to be surely uh, the fault of Earl Bamber. He just stuck it down the inside there. Ricky Taylor's turning into the corner. Yeah, there was sort of a door open, but you've got to be alongside at the turning point. He clearly was nowhere near alongside number 10 car. He was, he was coming alongside as they got to the apex. In my book, that's not good enough, but I've been wrong. Uh, several times in the past, but for me, that was way too optimistic, I think, uh, from Earl Bamber at that point of the race. I mean, honestly, yeah, he'd be better off going for the uh, the second apex, I think, rather than the first one. Uh, Ricky Taylor, in my book, did absolutely nothing wrong there. Has he, he got a leave of room? Has he got a leave of room on the inside? Uh, no, not for no. somebody who's lunging down the inside, okay. absolutely not. Well, no, that's how the, the stewards, the that's how Race Control have seen it. It'll be a drive-through for Earl Bamba. Yeah. They've worked that one out very quickly indeed. And that gives the opportunity for Earl Bamba to come in and try and fight his way back. He's catching up with the leader. He'll peel off to the pits here, surely. No, he has not. Now, got to get on the phone to Ollie Jarvis and say, don't fight Bamba here. If Bamba gets to you, he's coming into the pits. The gap now between Ollie Jarvis and Richard Westbrook, who is de facto second position. What a great comeback for the GDC Miller car, by the way, that didn't seem to have the pace earlier on. Uh, Richard Westbrook will be four seconds near enough behind Ollie Jarvis. And Bamba's got a problem. Just sliding the car there. He was gaining on the leader. And then all of a sudden at turn three, the back end stepped away. Now he's gathered it all together again. But with 30 minutes to go by the time he comes to the pit entry, he will have to turn into pit lane and take the drive through. 
flat out down the Andretti straight. You are flat out for a very, very long time. Full throttle at this circuit, just down one gear, just as you turn into turn eight. And now he peels off right into the pit lane. Here he comes to serve that penalty. Bamba in the pit lane. He's going to have 30 minutes to fight his way back. Well, he's not. He's going to need a caution to do that. Obviously, he's out, he's out of contention unless there is another full course caution. But we've still got half an hour to go. Anything can happen. That's for sure. And that's uh, handed a goodly lead now for uh, uh, for Oliver Jarvis because Richard Westbrook, uh, as a result of uh, taking that splash and go during the pit stop. Uh, has able to uh, get himself up into third position now, or second position now, with the penalty yeah, for number exactly zero, Tuka. So. And he's not going to give up, that, that up to Richard Westbrook unless he absolutely has uh, to, uh, van der Zandt, unless he absolutely has to. So Westbrook in second place, and he'll want to stay there. People Durrani, uh, curiously, uh, did not take advantage of that splash that he also made during that caution, and he's back in fourth position and appears at this stage, at least, to be dropping back a little bit. 106.9 for Durrani last time around, 106.8, 106.9 for the two cars ahead. So similar sort of pace, but Durrani's dropped a couple of seconds. And dropped nearly four seconds back now from that third place car. Four seconds between first and the battle for second and third. And Ollie Jarvis will be hoping Richard Westbrook and Renger van der Sander have a heck of a scrap behind them. Not because he necessarily needs to see in his rearview mirror, but if they're fighting, they're not catching up on him. And he's got clear track ahead of him at the moment. Coming into Moss Corner at Turn 5, the next car that he will see in front of him is Cal Marcelli in the Cal Marcelli in the uh, AWA Duquesne. Let's go down to the yeah. pit lane. Shea Adam has more from the drivers who have got out of the cars and have done their work for today. Tristan Vautier, after a fantastic qualifying effort yesterday, today the race has come back to you a little bit. Fighting in second and now looking at a chance at a win. Does the Cadillac have anything for the Acura? Should a caution bunch everybody back up? Yeah, I think we we have something. We we definitely don't have the pace maybe of the 60 and, um, and the, the Ganassi cars, but no, we have track position. Uh, Richard's doing a great job. We had a good start. Uh, the second stint was... Uh, Really rough. Uh, we had some. Uh, I think the the pressures didn't really come up, and we were uh, really skating on the ground. A lot of bottoming, so it was very sketchy. But no, we we kind of fixed that, and uh, it seems like uh, we're hanging on for uh, hopefully a good podium finish. Good luck. Thank you. Perfect timing from Shea Adam. 27 and a half minutes to go. Checkered flag will end the race, but start our conversation at Michelin Post Race Tech. Hashtag Michelin PRT at IMSA Radio, if you'd like to be a part of that. It's the show where you decide the direction that it goes. The original, original uh, listener-led post-race show and get your comments, points arising or questions into us at IMSA Radio, hashtag PRT after the race. We'll give you some interviews as well as the essential points from what's gone on. Uh, here this weekend at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. That's exclusively live on IMSA Radio RS2 via Listen Live at imsaradio.com. If you're watching the TV feed, you'll need to switch across to that once we finish with the international 
the, the World VTV. Well, Jeremy, this one has lived up to all expectations. 2019 since we were last here, this one's been worth waiting for. Yes, yeah, certainly has. It's been a tremendous race. There have been uh, all sorts of excitement, hasn't there, up and down the field, and there's still a lot to be played out. Still, still more than 25 minutes remaining, so, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's plenty of time for... The, 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 the leaders are going to be lapping all the GTD cars and looking at them all in the train here. They're coming up to the, the that tail end group, which is four cars, 51, 14, 96 and 1. They're having a great battle amongst themselves there. Uh, and uh, and then they're going to come up to the, the leading half dozen or so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is this is just great stuff between these three. It's real cat and mouse and all of the drivers have their hearts in their mouths right now. Ooh, and oh. number five, Westbrook had to lift off there at the final corner. That's going to give a run to... Wow, that was tight. That was Renger van der Zander having to get out of the throttle, uh, off the gas, coming down the front straight as Westbrook was pulling out. And oh, my goodness me, it's a full-course caution. Ricky Taylor's off. Ricky Taylor's off the circuit. Uh, and this time the car isn't starting. He's nosed into a tyre barrier this time. This is huge for the championship with 25 minutes to go. Great news for Earl Bamba. And it was at the last corner. Well, surely he wasn't headed for the pit lane, or was he? No, I think it was lapping some slower cars, I would imagine. That's the only thing I can think of. What was he doing out there? The pits are closed. Let's see if he goes around. Yes, he has. Now... How much damage is that to that front bodywork? I would say there's quite a bit. It does not look to be aerodynamically efficient and it's sticking up all over the place. I'm sure that it's got a slightly smaller radar signature. He was going down the inside of the number 31. He's going to get a penalty for that. He's got to get a penalty for that. That's exactly the same incident that we saw committed to him. And he's gone down the inside of people to Ronnie. That'll be a drive-through. Got to be looked at, but that looked exactly the same to me, Jeremy, as what we saw a few laps ago. It was certainly, a, 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 I mean, Pipa Duran is not the easiest guys to get get around, is he? As we've seen in the past, and these two have history, don't they? Ricky Taylor and Pipo Durrani. They're not the best of buddies, that is for sure. And more contact between the two of them there. That was at turn nine, and it was Ricky Taylor who came off with a squeeze up onto the inside curbing there. Uh, I think he was he was trying not to hit number 31 car too hard I think and as a result of that got up on that curb and the car spun around and uh, that's going to put him to, to the back of that little how, pack how, how do you stand there Jeremy on the penalty being assessed on um, the uh, on what happens after the incident or you know how much damage to somebody else races it caused because that to me he's no further up alongside and he hits Durrani and he ends up off the track. Now, he could have spun into someone else. He could have taken someone out. He didn't. Therefore, the consequences weren't as great as what Earl Bamba did. But the actions were identical. So, do you call for the consequence or do you call for the action? Uh, well, from my perspective, he was certainly farther alongside number 31 car than was Earl Bamba on him you know, that when that incident happened a few laps ago. Uh, but... Um, but you're still, it was a lunge down the inside. And on this occasion, it was the aggressor that came off worst. So if there isn't a penalty, uh, I would say that would be why, because uh, it was the aggressor that uh, was the 
was not the beneficiary from that. It didn't pay off for Ricky Terry. He's got damage uh, and he lost the position as well. But uh, interesting to see whether that race control does call that. I mean, he, he was, he, he was, I would say, at least halfway alongside, which I say is a lot more than that Earl Bamber was down at, uh, at turn five in from my, from the way I saw it. Getting yeah. up on the curb didn't help him as it no, did. No, well, quite. As and, it, and I think it didn't he help just, Earl he, either. No, exactly. Ahead but, of them, uh, of course, it was all kicking off with Richard Westbrook <laughs> going a little bit wide, then getting held up by the AWA car and pulling out right in front of Renga van der Zander, who had his wits yeah. about him. Uh, that has yeah. been looked at, by the way, for Ricky Taylor v. Uh, P. Portorani. Uh, the DPI class split, split is going on. And what this does do, ironically, is put Earl Bamber in front of Ricky Taylor. Uh, that is the caution that he wanted, but uh, not not what Ollie Jarvis wanted. Um, because his one and a half second lead, of course, has disappeared. And we're now back down to pretty much where we were a week ago with 20 minutes to go. But I would have thought, Shea Adam, and you're watching the team, that the number 10, Conning and Minolta, Accurate will have to come in for some rhinoplasty. Yes, yes, there will be a nose job while he's in the pit lane, as well as four new Michelins going on that accurate because at this point, why not? They're throwing everything they have at it. But Ricky actually has bodywork on the right front of that car that is hanging on by a thread, and Ricky was just trying to wave it off. The pits are not yet open. They will be open this next time by for the prototypes, and then they'll be open the next time after that for GTs. Not sure if we're going to have any GT takers, but we are definitely getting the 10 in. Yeah. Uh, there's slightly more damage than even I thought there. Therefore, you could argue that the action of Ricky Taylor um, is self-penalising there. I suppose. That could, I mean, it could go, it's not going to go on people. So it'll either be no action or it'll be incident responsibility and a warning, I reckon, because of the fact he's damaged his own car. And I, I'd, I'd kind of be all right with that. Yeah, I agree with you, John. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, look, yeah, the margins are so tight here. You've got to go for any opportunity that you oh, yeah. glimpse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, for both Earl Bamber and Ricky Taylor, they glimpsed an opportunity, so they went for it. And, you know, for, it might not have paid off, but nothing ventured, nothing gained. Uh, certainly for Oliver Jarvis, the good news for Oliver Jarvis is that uh, although that, that lead has been uh, wiped out that he had built up, as you say, it was about three and a half seconds over Richard Westbrook. The good news is it's Richard Westbrook in second place. Hear me out here, uh, because the number five car hasn't generally been the quickest of the Cadillacs. But it's Richard Westbrook, and he hasn't won a race for a long time in this series, and would love to do so. And for that uh, JDC Miller Motorsports Mustang sampling team, they are desperate for a good result. They've got yeah. one going right now, and you know, uh, a win is not out of the question. No, I, I don't disagree with anything you've said. That going back to green flag so the pits did not open short yellow called across the line uh, reviewed no action for that incident between the 10 and the 31 okay and you called it i think uh, is is the reason there 
because it was self-penalising. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I would have liked to have seen incident responsibility warning, rather. But okay. You're going to get dives down the inside, and here's one now. And Westbrook has just got a little bit of a hit in the shoulder from Renger van der Zander as they were going up over the top of the brow at three. And here comes people to Rani. He comes from fourth to third, and Westbrook goes down from second to fourth in the space of half a lap. And here comes Earl Bamba, and he's got Ricky Taylor right up his tailpipes. And remember what happened a few laps ago. And we're now hearing that there will not be a pit stop for that number 10 Conningham and all that Acura, even with the damaged front end of the car. So Ollie Jarvis leads by about a second and a half. The new front section to that car has been put back behind the wall. Jarvis leads, and now it's Rekha van der Zander behind him in the 0-1 Cadillac, and then the charging people to Rani, then Richard Westbrook, then Earl Bramber and Ricky Taylor, the top six within 2.8 seconds. Colin Brown still leads from Gabby Chavis in LMP3. That's the 54-car court from the 36 Andretti Autosport. There's about a second between them. Garrett Chris right on the tail of Gabby Chavis as they went across the start yeah. finish line. Yeah, uh, and... Uh, and uh... Chris had closed up on Chavez. They were battling away for second place. So only a couple of seconds or two or three seconds behind uh, Colin Brown before that latest full course caution. In GTD Pro, Matt Campbell for FAF Motorsport leads. After the restart, he got a very good one over Antonio Garcia for Corvette. Roskun for half, Heart of Racing, Aston Martin, 9-3 and 23, separated by about a second and a half, those three. Maxime Martin for Harder Racing Team ahead of, of Phil Ellis, but by nothing at all, a quarter of a second as they came round to the line in front of us last time around. With Ryan Eversley holding on to a podium position for Rick Ware Racing. Lexus into the pit lane was Aaron Tealitz. That car is going behind the wall, it will retire. So, not a good day for them. Meantime, with 16 minutes to go. Here comes Phil Ellis, looking for better than second. He's got Maxime Martin ahead of him in turn number eight. Ollie Jarvis about to come to the line and does so. And his lead is just half a second. This one boiling up nicely, very nicely indeed. Now I remember, as if anyone could forget, why we love coming here. Great part of the world fantastic scenery always a great welcome knowledgeable crowd great places to go for food and drink oh yeah and a fabulous track that produces outstanding racing great to be back at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park here in 2022 we've missed it we've really missed it coming down to the last 15 minutes Jeremy nobody's writing their headlines in the newly named Jim Martin Media Centre for our old broadcast colleague, the voice of more sport. Uh, there's still plenty of work to be done here in the next 15 minutes and beyond. Uh, there is, and uh, yeah, lots of stories to be written here. Uh, there's going to be some words probably between various drivers at the end of this race. But uh, at the moment, it's uh, Oliver Jarvis who's just got his head down. He's going to try and stretch out that lead. He's pulled out just a little bit on that last time. One minute, 6.080. Uh, last time around for Oliver Jarvis. That's only uh, a hair away from uh, the uh, lap record pace uh, that was set by Tom Blonkis back on lap five. Renga van der Zander, by the way, has turned the lap only a couple of thousandths per second slower 
than uh, Tom Blomka's car. He's turned a 15991, four, four thousandths of a second away from the uh, Blomkvist's best. So uh, it's, it certainly isn't over yet. It is not over by any stretch of the imagination. An absolute quality run for everybody in this field. 24 cars. There was a few people turning their noses up at that. Not the, not the enthusiasts who've come in there. Tens of thousands to Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Four, uh, four classes, six in each. And with the compact nature and quick lap times around here, this has worked out rather well, Jeremy, in terms of density of cars. And there are all thrillers, no fillers here in terms of the entry. And it's been little gaggles of cars that have caused problems when the uh, yeah. the leaders have come through to lap them. It's been quality stuff. Yeah, we thought that might be the case. Pits on there, by the way, for Kumi Kobayashi. I'm quite sure where that would be. He was running uh, in the sixth position in the classic calibre 14, but we just saw Aaron Tielitz. Of course, that car was involved in an incident on the uh, on the first corner. Unfortunately, the pole-sitting car in GTD, Frankie Montecalvo, Aaron Tielitz brought that car in to retire it, we believe. And number 14 car also making a late pit stop there as well, or was he, or was it just my scoring system playing up again? Who's that? Kamu Kobayashi, maybe it was the scoring system playing up again. Uh, it was Tealitz that came to the pits, definitely. Yes, but, but they've, the, they've Kobayashi, Kobayashi's colour lit up as well, as if, as if he was in the pits, but uh, I think he wasn't, so my apologies for that. They've just done... Uh, my, uh, no, uh, no, definitely did not come to the pit lane. Uh, Matt Campbell's just done that car's fastest lap of the race, and he has to because he's only three quarters of a second ahead of Tonio Garcia in the battle for GTD Pro Honours. That's the Faf Racing, the Canadian Plaid number nine, the driveway Porsche is just ahead of the Corva. Oh my goodness, there'll be some split. Uh, there'll be some uh, split loyalties from fans trackside here with the GM plant just down the road at Oshawa and the Plaid Porsche from just down the road at, at Toronto. Toronto, sorry, no T in the middle of it, remember Hindhoff. Uh, so that's going to have some split loyalties. Here comes Ollie through the GTD battles. Uh, again. Uh, again, yes, Brian Sellers, Bill Oberlin. Sellers in fifth, Bill Oberlin in fourth, having their own little private battle. And Kami Kobayashi just a about a second up the road from them. There he goes. What a run from Ryan Eversley and the rest of Rick Ware Racing. Aidan Reed's brilliant first stint from Aidan Reed in that car. This they're on the they're off for a podium at the moment in that NSX. That'll be a great result. Ollie Jarvis picks his way through the traffic and gets to the front. He'll get a clean run down the Mario Andretti straight. And now, what's he got ahead of him? Answer, pretty much everything. <laughs> yes, that's right. I mean, this is nail-biting time here for Oliver Jarvis. It's, it's uh, you know, the physical, we talked about it earlier on, the physical demands at this racetrack are immense, but the mental demands perhaps even more so uh, because uh, of the this constant, you know, you're constantly turning one way or the other, and you've got to negotiate this traffic and anticipate where you're going to catch that traffic. And keep that uh, whoever might be you might be dicing with behind you. Tremendous racing here. Once again, 
Oli Jarvis hits the traffic first and here comes Renga van der Zand around the outside of turn two. The lead is held up behind the Aston yeah. Martin number 23. Down the inside for van der Zander at three. He's got the inside track. Now, can Oli do the cutback? No, he can't. And once again, in the closing moments of a race, the Mayashank Racing Anguret has the lead taken away. This time, it's Oli Jarvis behind the wheel. But... You win with traffic, you lose with traffic. It giveth, it taketh away. Right at the bottom of turn two. Yeah, and I he tell left you what, gap. it was. He left a gap. It I mean, was very. I was about to say very fair from Ollie. He didn't chop across the nose of Van der Zander, which he could have done that. Maybe should have done. Absolutely. He left. He left more than enough room there. And uh, Renga van der Zander said, "Thank you very much indeed. I'm going to go for that one. A brilliant pass by Renga van der Zander. There was nothing wrong with that at all. That was just a, a textbook pass. And yeah, Oli left the door open. You leave a gap, and Renga van der Zander of, of well, no, of all of these guys, quite frankly. But uh, he is definitely going to go for it. And he did. And Ganassi, well, they're looking good right now. We've only got uh, inside 10 minutes to go in this race." It's going to be awfully difficult, I think, for Oliver Jarvis to make a pass back again. Huge black lines of Michelin rubber left under turning from Renga van der Zander, getting on the power, using that big V8 engine, biggest engine capacity in the DPI field. It's got a huge amount of torque. Now, there's no traffic until the end of this Mario Andretti straight as the... Battling. There's going to be a few laps left, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Jeremy. It's, it's, it's the LMP3s that catch next as well. Yeah. I, on, on, so we're on lap 115 now. The pass was made on lap 114. On lap 113, the leader's lap time was at 1 minute 10.4, which was exactly four seconds slower than when he had clear traffic, yeah. uh, a clear track, I should say, a couple of laps before. So that's how much you can lose and gain by the traffic here. That's why you've got to anticipate everything. And... Ollie there didn't anticipate it very well, quite frankly. And but unusually. Look, if, if unusually. But if he can maintain second place now, they'll not be happy with a second place finish. But it will be enough as things stand right now to regain the championship lead. It'll mean five second places in a row for Maya Shank racing with Kerbang Jenny, which they will not like, but they will like the championship lead. That's courtesy of uh Presumably, the Cunningham and all the accurate sitting down in sixth position at the moment, is it, Jeremy? Correct. Yeah. And three seconds away from Earl Bamba with that deranged nose, aero not working well at the front of that car. Seven and a half minutes to go. And I think two more laps before they hit the traffic. And it's the LMP3 traffic which is battling for first, second and third. Actually, Colin Brown's nipped a wheel at the pit, so it's Gabby Chavez and Garrett Grist who they're going to come up against first of all. Also, actually, Kyle Marcelli um, is in there, although he's a lap back. So there are three LMPT, uh, LMP3 cars uh, that they will come across, the leaders will come across. Uh, they are turning, the leaders turning through turn three at the moment. Colin Brown just going onto the Mariandretti straight at turn six. And that little gaggle of cars that they'll come up to first of all, just coming in and now out of turn five. So it, it's probably this, not this one, but the next lap 
before Regan van der Zander has traffic to deal with. And then, quite frankly, I think they'll get pretty close to the end after that because they'll have to come round and pass the GTD cars again, which they only lapped, uh, what, a couple of laps ago. So yeah. van der Sander decisive when he needed to be, incisive through traffic, and has still only a one-second lead, though. Jarvis not letting him get away. Yeah, six or, every six or seven laps, they're going to catch the uh, GTD cars. Uh, and uh, yeah, they're going to catch them again, as you say, one more time before the end of this race. So here's the first of the LMP3s. One car at a time is not normally the worst thing. That's the uh, number 13, the Decay. On board of that is Carl Marcelli, and he gets out of the way at turn three. Meantime, in the battle for the podium positions in GTD, Phil Ellis looking at the back of the leader in class. That's the number 27. Maxime Martin, they're coming to the end of their lap. In behind them, Daniel Juncadella for WeatherTech Racing, but he's in the GTD Pro category, sitting just one step off the podium at the moment. Then it's Conor De Filippi, then Ryan Eversley for Rick Ware Racing. But that is the battle for the lead in GT Daytona, just going down to the bottom of turn two now. Yeah, you're right, and they've got a, a pretty good lead over Ryan Eversley in third position, and Ryan Eversley in that third position has a GTD Pro car of Kobe, Kimi Kobayashi in between himself and the battling still Bill Oblin and Brian Sellers. The timing screen lighting up with green, particularly for Colin Brown, who knows he's under pressure, but he's been able to yeah, pull away now. Away. Yeah, yeah. He's, get, he's saved some tyres, as only Colin can do. Not sure how he managed to do it from sheer force of will, but he's now 7.3 seconds ahead of Gabby Chavez in second, and a new fastest lap for him and that car, a 1.12.539, fractions of a second away from the best lap of the race, a 1.12.523. Phil Ellis again having a look, getting a better run down the Mario Andretti straight than the Aston Martin ahead of him at uh, Mercedes GT. Uh, GT3, the AMG GT3 clearly has plenty of power but just not close enough to turn that into an overtaking opportunity. Ross Gunn is just ahead of them. He is third in GTD Pro and the teammate of the car that he's, that uh, that uh, blue and black Mercedes is trying to pass. Well, yeah, he'd be happy just to... to uh stay behind everything in this stage as long as he can stay ahead of that uh, black and blue Mercedes kind of 57 for Winwood Racing behind him. Uh, those two Astons have been running pretty much nose to tail out throughout this race and um, you know, they're, uh, it's been another fine performance. They, they won as a result of penalties. The classes, both classes one week ago and uh, they'd be, uh, you know, they'd be, they'd be happy with a couple of podium finishes in the respective classes here again today. Meanwhile, out front, uh, Renga van der Zender is pulling away now from Oliver Jarvis. Yeah, traffic's played its part. They have hit another little gaggle, as Jeremy predicted, and it uh, took Ollie Jarvis and Pete Motorani a little more time to get past, I think it was Kamikobayashi, and it was the other car that was in there, maybe the 36 car uh, as well, the Gabby Chavez car they didn't hit them at the same part of the track three minutes to go and Cadillac may well be on for a victory 
in the Chevrolet Grand Prix at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Corvette on the in a podium position at the moment in GTD Pro. Great battles right throughout the field. Van der Zander then with a wee bit of a gap for the next group of GT cars. He'll come up behind uh, Conor de Filippi, I think, next. And in front of Conor is Daniel Junkadella, and then that battle between Phil Ellis. Meantime, the battle for second and third and fourth has closed right up between Ollie Jarvis, people to Richard Westbrook. Lost a couple of positions on the restart, but he's right there now. And Durrani is with Oli Jarvis. This could be massive for the championship lead. Oli Jarvis needs to hold on to second position through turn eight now. And the Cadillac closed in. But my goodness me, through the centre of that corner. Oli Jarvis in the Acura, really stable and able to, able to pull out, what, three or four cars lengths there, Jeremy? That was impressive. Yeah. It was, wasn't it? Uh, and clearly that Durrani was, uh, was slowing up that car a lot more for that right-hand at turn eight than was the, the Acura. That was really interesting graphic. I mean, they were, they were so t closely matched up straight away. When they got, as soon as they got into what is for some at least a braking area, uh, it was uh, dramatic how much the Acura pulled out. Now, here is more traffic, so that's more potential trouble. The leader has gone through. It's at turn five. Here comes Ollie Jarvis, and he's got the battle for first, second, and third in GTD Pro right ahead of him. But he's managed to get the WeatherTech AMG between himself and Pete Motorani in the red-white number 31 prototype. Here comes the 0-2. Earl Bamba's not out of this either. He's got Westy Westbrook in his sight. And he runs into the back of him almost there. This is the battle for fourth and fifth side by side. They threads the needle and goes through somehow, avoiding the heart of racing Aston Martin. My goodness, Earl Bamba. Well, penalised earlier on for contact at turn five, but he absolutely knew the width of his Cadillac there to the millimetre. Last lap, last lap. And Van der Zander is three and a half seconds up the road. But who else stands on the podium, Jeremy? Yeah, right. Uh, they go past the, uh, the GTD leader there on what will be the last lap of the race. Through turn three then, half a lap to go. No traffic now for the 0-1. And Renger van der Zander, he comes out of... Moss corner, the hairpin, and that's where the battle is for second, third, fourth, and fifth. Jarvis, Durrani, Bamba, Westbrook. Those, those four drivers looking for two steps on the podium. Has the Acura got enough power down that long straight? It's another late, great move to take victory and snatch it away from Maya Shank Racing. This time, though, it's a Cadillac, and it's Renger van der Zander who comes to the line and finishes what his teammate started. Sebastian Bourdais, not at his best this weekend, but they've taken the victory for the 0-1 team. Here comes Faf to take the GTD Pro ahead of Corvette Racing in second. That's another good run for, Aston, for the Aston Barts of Heart of Racing, a third in pro and a win in the GTD category. There goes Colin Brown to win LMP2 ahead of Gabby, Gabby Chavez and Garris Chris. That closed up, that massively closed up towards the end. Colin Brown lifting off there 
lost about three or four seconds in the last couple of last laps. It is Shank racing second for the fifth time in a row, but that will give it the championship lead. And Shea Adam is down with the winning team. Peter Barron, third win on the season for this 0-1 machine. You just did something with Ranger Van de Zandt that he's never done before. You won north of the border. We won north of the border. We've been close here, but, uh, you know, the crew's awesome. The engineering's fantastic. It's a great team, and it's, it's why I came over here to be part of this. And, you know, we had the speech today. I, I quoted the good old uh, Kennedy speech about we go to the moon not because it's easy, but because it is hard. And we knew that coming in here today. And Ranger killed it. Sebastian held in there. We were fighting a power steering issue the whole time. And uh, it was awesome. These guys deserved it. Kudos to everybody here. Hey, congrats. Go plant your flag in the moon, okay? Thank you very much. Very good. Very good, Chair. Jeremy's doing the arithmetic to confirm what he was telling us earlier on. Let me give you the VP Racing Fuels unofficial results then. Cadillac Racing, the 0-1. Chip Ganassi team win by three and a half seconds from Shank Racing in the number 60. Their fifth second place in a row. Just three quarters of a second ahead of a charging people to Rani at the end for the number 31 wheel and engineering Cadillac team. Earl Bamba recovering from a drive-through to fourth position for the 0-2 machine. And... The top six made up by JDC and crucially in sixth position, the number 10, Conning and Minolta Acura. The championship leaders coming into this weekend, Jeremy. How does that affect the standings in DPI? In DPI, uh, there'll be a new uh, leaders now. 27-37 for Oliver Jarvis and Tom Blomquist to the 26-81 of Ricky Taylor and Philip Albuquerque. In third position now will be uh, today's race winners, Rego van der Zander, Sebastian Bourdais, with their third win of the season. That matches the tally of Ricky Taylor and Philip Albuquerque. They've got 25.89, so less than 100 points behind now uh, out of the championship lead in third position for car number 0-1. Score two, the GTD Pro winners. Pretty much home ground for Farface, Steve Portalotti with shit. It is home ground, and FAF Motorsports has won a lot of big races. Daytona, Sebring, the championship, but Steve, winning on home ground, this one hits different. Yeah, it definitely hits different. It's uh, such a huge group of, you know, FAF employees, customers, um, so many people here supporting us, family, friends. It uh, means a lot, for sure. We've kind of been cursed at our home track, to be honest, maybe not so much. We only been here once with WeatherTech, but even in the cup days, it was never really our, our bread and butter, but uh, you guys put the work in, two-day test, and... Um, it was a full team ever. Matt, Matt Campbell killed it on his outlap. The boys in the pits were, were totally on it, and we uh, got something to show for it now. So really happy. Happy belated Canada Day. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, holiday weekend, of course. Canada Day at one end of the weekend and 4th of July tomorrow. Uh, what does that do to the points in GTD Pro. In fact, I'll, I'll wait for a second to, to ask you that, Je Jeremy, because we've got uh, John Bennett, the winning core driver for Core Autosport and team owner for Core Autosport in LMP3. Shit. And he's just seen his car and he's walking down to Colin, flailing everything. John, you just pointed at Colin. This is your fourth win at this track. Do you wish that every race could be here? Yeah, we certainly have good luck here and. Um I think part of it is just Colin just loves this place and uh, yeah. super great day for us. 
It is, and big for the championship as well. This moves you guys further into the lead. You're looking long-term picture, aren't you? Yeah, it was not easy for us to get here. We had to do some uh, some creative uh, staffing to get uh, the car on, on the ground here. And uh, But, yeah, it's not, it certainly doesn't hurt our championship. Congratulations on another win. Thank you, Shay. Thank you. GTD Pro points, Jeremy Shaw, and then we'll do LMP3. Yeah, in the GTD Pro, uh, the, the well, they came in with the championship lead. They will extend it. Uh, will Maddie Campbell and Matthew Jaminet. So they've got a handy lead now. Over in second place will be the uh, Corvette of Antonio, Antonio Garcia and uh, Jordan Taylor, who finished second today as well. So a, a pretty big lead now for the FAF Motorsports team. 2056 to 1919 so 137 points the lead excuse me more than that actually uh to uh 19 yeah 1918 actually garcia and taylor uh, uh will move into second place ahead of ben barnicott and lmp3 lmp3 the lead will now be held by well it was held by john john bennett and colin brown so they will extend their lead uh, 1391, so a 98-point lead over uh, Garrett Grista and Ari Baylog in second position. Two wins in two weekends for the number 27 Heart of Racing team. Roman De Angelis uh, is back on top step of the podium, and this time it's again another home winner, Shea Adam. Yeah, and it doesn't get much better than this. Roman DeAngelis, now you've won at your home track at Belle Isle, and you've won at Canada's home track, CTMP. Max drove his butt off in that last stint. But the opening stint, you were up there battling with the other GT cars. Yeah, definitely Max made me quite nervous in the end. Everyone was celebrating on the pit wall, but he was he was defending, so I was watching until the end. Um, but no, it was, it was an awesome execution. I think we got pretty lucky as well with the cars in front that were much quicker, either crashing out or having issues. Had a pretty killer strategy as well, so super happy to be with Maxime and get another win together and for the whole team as well. So it's been a rough start to the season, but a good run now. So, Yeah, and Maxime, it seemed like the car rolled off the truck. I mean, we knew it was a winning car last weekend, but it seemed like it rolled off pretty well. Is that the secret to the success this weekend? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things. For sure, the track is helping our car a lot. Um, and then, like, like Roman said, the strategy, we were quite lucky with some cars, quite good with the strategy. Yeah, and at the end it was really close. I mean, the Mercedes behind was so fast. But, yeah, a win is a win. We take it. It's a fantastic for the whole team. And uh, thanks for Roman and the whole team. Thank you. Congrats, you guys. And on next to a track that you won at last year, Lime Rock. And before we wrap up for our international world TV feed, here's Jeremy Shaw with the GTD points. Uh, this was a Sprint Cup round, Jeremy. Correct, yeah, round five out of eight in, in the uh, Sprint Cup. And uh, Madison Snow and Brian Sellers uh, had the lead coming in here, uh, and they will have the lead going out to finish fifth today, but 16-65 for Madison Snow and Brian Sellers. And uh, Robbie Foley and Bill Arbolin, who finished in the fourth position, they will be in second place, a little bit closer on 15-47. And then Roman DeAndres will move up into third place on 14.77 with a second place and a win the last two Sprint Cup races for the Heart of Racing Aston Martin. The Manufacturers' Championship, by the way, in uh, GTD in the Sprint Cup, uh, the lead now, I think, will be held by Lexus. Surprise. No, excuse me, sorry. Uh, BMW will maintain its lead on 17.40 ahead of Lexus on 16.03. And then Mercedes and Aston Martin, 1572 and 1568.
Thanks to our camera operators and everybody who have made this possible at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park this weekend. Also to our colleagues up in Charlotte, an extremely complicated weekend for them. And they've managed to get us all the right pictures at all the right times so that we could bring the coverage to you here at the circuit and further afield. Uh, we'll be back at Lime Rock Park once again on Sirius XM 207 and on IMSA Radio RS2. For Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam, I'm John Hindoff. The responsible adult was, as ever, Eve Hewitt. Don't forget, stay tuned or tune in to RS2 via IMSAradio.com and hit listen live. It's Mission and Post Race Tech exclusively live. Coming up next, we'll see you at Lime Rock Park. Bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to Imza Radio wherever you get your podcasts.